Blog Talk Radio. President recognizes Mr. Adams of Massachusetts. Objects of the most stupendous magnitude. Measures which will affect the lives of millions, born and unborn, are now before us. We must expect a great expense of blood to obtain them. But we must always remember that a free constitution of civil government cannot be purchased at too dear a rate as there is nothing on this side of Jerusalem of greater importance to mankind. My worthy colleague from Pennsylvania has spoken with great ingenuity and eloquence. He has given you a grim prognostication of our national future, but where he foresees apocalypse, I see hope. I see a new nation ready to take its place in the world. Not an empire, but a republic. And a republic of laws, not men. Gentlemen, we are in the very midst of revolution. The most complete, unexpected, and remarkable of any in the history of the world. How few of the human race have ever had an opportunity of choosing a system of government for themselves and their children. I am not without apprehensions, gentlemen. But the end we have in sight is more than worth all the means. I believe, sirs, that the hour has come. My judgment approves this measure, and my whole heart is in it. All that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready to stake upon it. While I live, let me have a country. A free country. Here, understanding the times in which we live, restoring our republic. Uh, the, uh, I guess the uh, Trump arrest there has uh, been uh, pushed back here. Uh, it moved up. I know we reported it was going to be on Tuesday or Wednesday, and uh, apparently now they've uh, they, they've got nothing. I just don't see how they can even arrest the guy. Based upon what? There's no law. There's no. They, I don't even think it's a misdemeanor. 
But but I've seen that happen firsthand, even in my life. They can do whatever they want, especially when people don't do anything about it. And even with Trump, with all his supporters, I mean, they're, they're locking down the city. I mean, they've got every Secret Service, every FBI undercover. they got every informant reporting. Every, everybody's watching their ears to the ground. They are. They. I mean, this is really North Korea. I mean, we, we, this, what kind of country do we live in? Are we really, truly free? I don't think so. I think this is the police state, and uh, this is the new world order. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just uh, we're there. We're just about there. I mean, uh, how fake is, are, is everyone out there today? How fake are we? Are, are we? Are, do we have any realness about us at all? Or are we just watch life around us just dwindle away? And it's just it's crazy. Machetes uh, uh, wielding suspect shot dead after taking woman hostage in Miami. Miami there, spring break going crazy down there, huh? Insane. Bulgaria reports unprecedented surge of illegal immigrant illegal migration. Former Goldman Sachs analyst, 35% of mankind will not survive World War III. You know, uh, nuclear plant admits it le- accidentally leaked 400,000 gallons of nu- radioactive water. You can't make this stuff up. Can't make this stuff up. World War Three, huh? That's what we're marching towards, slowly but surely. And yet we got people here in the country where we're talking about remonstrances. We're talking about we're going to file paperwork, and we're going to stand in front of the legislator and and, and state our grievances. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Hang on, i got to pay my cell phone bill. No, come on. Ain't nothing going to happen. Nobody's going to change nothing. Because we can't get 10 people to meet for coffee at McDonald's in the morning. You know, you get a bunch of people crazy, go protest in New York City. That's what they're planning on doing. It's just insane. It's insane. The Soros, George Soros, master plan. Let's play that real quick. Anybody wants to call in 657-330-616, press 1, and I will connect you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't want your voice. Let's see if we can get this going here. Let's see if we can get this playing here for you. Might not might not get a connection on this here, so sorry here, fellas. We're live radio, you can't beat it. Nope, I don't think it's gonna play for me. Nope. Can't get it going. All right, well, I guess that was that that story ain't gonna get played for me here tonight. It was playing earlier. why why was it what what's going on here? Oh, I see. I see what's going on here. Okay, hang on. I'm sorry about that, there, everybody. Well, by challenging Trump because they think the only way to take out Trump is to get DeSantis to weaken him so much in the primaries that even if Trump wins in the primaries, he's beaten up and vulnerable by the time of the general election. And they want to take out DeSantis at the same time. This was how they tricked and deceived DeSantis because after DeSantis went rogue. Uh, in, uh, on the pandemic, uh, in terms of deep state priorities, they decided they could no longer trust him. And even though he'd been a deep state recruited candidate, going back to Guantanamo and Harvard and Yale and prep school and the fraternities tied to school and bones, 
he proved that his working class roots and his political uh, pragmatism could go populist at key junctures. So they no longer trusted him. So they thought this is genius. At a minimum, we get to take out DeSantis. Maybe we take out DeSantis and Trump. But the linchpin to all of it is a bogus criminal indictment. And all they have left is the Stormy Daniels case. Expert on the history of this legally, Robert Barnes joining us. Robert, great to have you on with us. I've been watching a lot of your work since you were on a few weeks ago. You've been killing it. And so congratulations. You've always been successful for many years, but you've really been nailing it. I see you everywhere with uh, massive following increasing, which is a good thing. We need more smart people to be more prominent. Uh, so it's great to have you here with us. Uh, let's, let's tackle into this. Then obviously it ties into Ukraine. It ties into the banks. It ties into Sam Harris and the Democrats saying, yeah, we're for censorship. Big deal. Get used to it. You don't deserve to have a voice. And, and the incredible hearings in the last few weeks in, in Congress with the admitted weaponization and surveillance and censorship. And for me, it's not a First Amendment issue. That's a side issue. It's an important issue. The organized nature of intelligence agencies with government, with think tanks, with big tech, with dinosaur media working uh, to, to surveil, censor, and then deplatform and debank people. To me, that's racketeering, but you've got the legal brain. I want to get your uh, finer point on that. So, Robert, great to have you with us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the uh, bottom line is the deep state isn't going to uh, indict Trump in order to get DeSantis to challenge Trump. That That's the story that's not being fully told or has been fully vetted yet, but will start to come out over. And DeSantis' statement today is revelatory of that. The fact he's not going to use his Florida governor's powers to even protest or contest such an indictment and arrest is going to pretend that it's inconsequential, that it's a sideshow, that it's a circus. Uh, is a All of this was intended to take out – Soros leaked this, by the way, a couple of months ago. The goal was to take out both DeSantis and Trump by getting DeSantis, tricking DeSantis into challenging Trump. But the pitch that was made to DeSantis that got him to reverse – he was going to be on the ticket just in the summer of 2022 that got him to reverse was, hey, Trump's going to be taken out by criminal indictments. That's going to pave a path for you to run. Don't align with Trump because that's a dead path. Challenge Trump because Trump's going to be DOA. We're going to guarantee it because he's going to get indicted. And they launched four different criminal investigations against him. They did Mar-a-Lago classified documents, Georgia election issues, January 6th, and, and New York. And New York was dead because career prosecutors looked at the case in New York and said there's no case here. And so they said, don't worry, we got Mar-a-Lago, we got January 6th, we got Georgia. But then, of course, Mar-a-Lago blew up on him by the public backlash. Not only that, Mar-a-Lago blew up on him again when White Hats in the FBI disclosed how Biden had even more classified documents by any estimation. Biden's the only one to commit a real crime in this context. So that made that case die on the vine. Nobody, they couldn't get anybody to flip in either Georgia or the D.C. cases to give a credible case against Trump. And the grand jury person is a complete nut job who went on CNN and even uh, no less than Anderson Cooper admitted she was a nut job. So that killed those cases. So they went back to the Soros-elected DA out of New York and said, buddy, you got to revive that dead case. So he removed the career prosecutors from the case, put on these heavily political prosecutors on the case. I know some of the career prosecutors who said no to the case, and they, they said there's no basis for it. It's outside the statute of limitations. It's a made-up, manufactured criminal allegation. Uh, but they, they have to go forward with it because it's the only way they can trick DeSantis into making political suicide by challenging Trump.
because they think the only way to take out Trump is to get DeSantis to weaken him so much in the primaries that even if Trump wins in the primaries, he's beaten up and vulnerable by the time of the general election. And they want to take out DeSantis at the same time. This was how they tricked and deceived DeSantis, because after DeSantis went rogue uh, in, uh, on the pandemic uh, in terms of deep state priorities, they decided they could no longer trust him. And even though he'd been a deep state recruited candidate going back to Guantanamo and Harvard and Yale and prep school and the fraternities tied to school and bones, he proved that his working class roots and his political uh, pragmatism could go populist at key juncture. So they no longer trusted him. So they thought this is genius. At a minimum, we get to take out DeSantis. Maybe we take out DeSantis and Trump. But the linchpin to all of it is a bogus criminal indictment. And all they have left is the Stormy Daniels case. But as uh, Clinton, uh, we went, you know, we lived through it when a desperate political prosecutor resorts to just charging sex crimes. People tend to rally to the victim of that accusation uh, rather than rally to the prosecutor's side, as Bill Clinton proved in 1998. The, by reducing Bill Clinton's crimes to just a sex crime, he actually rebounded in political popularity. Democrats did great in the 98 midterm elections, to everybody's shock and surprise, and. So I think the empire is going, to about, is going to strike back tomorrow with an indictment on Donald Trump, but it will be the beginning of the return of the Jedi and the resurrection of Trump's career. And maybe DeSantis will get wise and realize he needs to not take the bait and challenge Trump in the first place because he would only be doing the deep state's bidding. And the numbers show that, that this is going to supercharge Trump. But it again shows the clear desperation of these people and every criminal case they've tried to launch against Trump, right at the magic moment, then FBI whistleblowers release info by basically showing it's a fraud or, or showing things Democrats have done a thousand times worse. But look, Bill Clinton was not really popular. A lot of people, he was a bad guy, uh, but they still went after him on sex crimes because they didn't want to go after him on other issues because Republicans were involved in a lot of the same issues. But with Trump, this is a grown woman there's not allegations that he was beating him or attacking him or raping him like Bill Clinton likes to do. But what about the statute of limitations? If this happened seven years ago, and uh, right when the statutes were almost up two years ago, the last group, as you pointed out, New York declined, the feds declined, then how are they doing this outside the statute of limitations? Uh, they're just gambling that well, the grand jury will indict a ham sandwich, particularly in Manhattan, so they know they won't pay attention and put a block and stop to the case. Uh, they're gambling that a New York state court judge, and there's reasons to think they're right, uh, will play ball with the prosecution. And so the, the theory they're going to use is the idea that Trump was both unavailable to be indicted and outside the state, and they need to prove both. They need to prove they couldn't find him for purposes of indictment and that he was unavailable. There are some bad cases out there in New York case law that can, could allow this, but it's not what the law is supposed to be. So what they're really gambling on is that they'll get a political enough judge that will let uh, uh, Trump uh, not get to dismiss the indictment, drag out the case. And again, I think their real goal isn't even to get a conviction in this case. Their real goal is to trick DeSantis into challenging Trump, thinking that the New York indictment will be enough to derail Trump. And isn't it also and, and meant to, to have the first guy jump off the bridge, the first lemming? the Soros DA, to encourage other investigations that have stalled because they're not a case to go ahead and file their indictments and try to swarm Trump? 
Oh, yeah, no doubt about this. I mean, I mean, they, they're going they, – they're desperate to take out Trump, but the primary strategy they have is to get DeSantis to challenge him. The backup strategy is to just weaponize the legal system everywhere. I mean, they did, they did this to him his whole term. I mean, he was subject to uh, several bogus criminal investigations. Remember, any time he, like, some people were being critical of him related to Ukraine. Well, any time he tried to put a halt to aid to Ukraine or sending money to Ukraine or sending arms to Ukraine, they impeached him. I mean, so, I mean, that was what the first impeachment was all about. All right, they neutered him. They neutered him. Completely. And even before that, they were scared of him reaching a rapprochement with Putin and Russia that would uh, create an allied relationship with Russia to uh, separate them from China. And we just saw the, this past week how Biden's strategy has backfired as he is hanging out in Moscow with Putin. And what, how did they do it? A bogus criminal investigation. Well, Robert, let's so talk it, about that when we come back. All right. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh yeah, I mean, uh, the weaponize, that was key words right there, weaponize the system. And that's the key right there, weaponize the system, right? I mean, what do you think? If they weaponize the system, which they've done it already at the lower, lower levels to the, with the poor communities and the middle class, now they're going to do it with the politicians and the rich people. They're going to weaponize the system and, and, and pick and target who they want to go after. Amazing. Amazing. Well, let me do my famous call here. I got a couple questions here for this politician here, and then we'll open up the phone lines. Anybody wants to call in, press 1, 657-383-0616, and uh, join in on the conversation and uh, share your opinion or thoughts or whatever you want to talk about. It's up to you. But uh, let's see here. Let's call and see if you can get a hold of these people over here San Francisco here. I got a couple questions for them. Senator Wiener's office is Lorenzo. Uh, yes, uh, Lorenzo, how you doing? This is, uh, I've just got a question. I saw a report on the news, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, with the... Hey, really uh, quick, Cameron. can I get a name and a zip code from where you're calling from? Uh, well, I'm traveling right now. I'm in uh, the lower part, part of uh, California right now, but I'm originally from San Francisco. So, uh, um, But my question is about the San Francisco Police Department, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. My name is Joe. Um, I'm calling about the uh, they allowed uh, they unvetted uh, even illegal immigrants uh, become police officers without doing thorough background checks. Is that true? I'm not really sure. That's a San Francisco Police Department issue, um, and that's much more to, handled by the county supervisors. County supervisors would handle that, so that wouldn't be something that the senator's office would handle, correct? Yeah, that's uh, up to the county supervisors. It's uh, you know that's a county uh, agency, so. Oh, well, they said call my local representative. So what? What? What issue? What? Well, what? Well, then, so I don't waste your time in the future. Uh, uh, well, what issues do you guys really handle oversight? What's the senator's job? Just curious. Yeah, so we work in the Sacramento government. Um, so we're within the California State Senate. Uh, so this is a legislative office. We don't really handle um, any sort of law enforcement um, with regard to you know county sheriffs or county agencies, police departments or city agencies. You know, what we do is really help, um, you know, constituents communicate with state agencies such as Employment Development Department, um, such as CalVet, such as, uh, you know, a bunch of other um, state agencies that provide services and uh, uh, legislative. So the police department isn't considered a state agency that provides services to the people? No, you know, because L.A. Police Department is different than San Francisco Police Department. It's different than, you know, San Mateo Police Department. It's all different city agencies. 
But doesn't the legislative, you're the legislative, in the legislative branch, don't you legislate and make policy or law that, 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 that has requirements for people to become police officers in the, in the city and state in California? Yeah, I mean, on a state level, but, you know, if San Francisco has uh, passed uh, legislation as, on the city level or county level about uh, allowing, um, you know, undocumented uh, persons to become police department or police officials, then that's the city itself. Well, okay, so they would have their own authority and jurisdiction to handle that. Well, does, would you have a phone number of somebody who handles that thing? So I'm just curious as to how, why they would allow that to happen, you know? I mean, it concerns uh, me. I mean, you can do your own search and, um, you know, I, I'm not going to really – if you're not a San Francisco uh, resident currently, then, you know, you don't have a representative within San Francisco County, um, so there's nobody really well, – Well, well I, I am, I'm a resident. I'm a citizen, and I just was just curious because I would like to call up there because it's something that could spread across the rest of the state and the country, as a matter of fact. And so I would like to contact oh, – you, like, you said as a legislator you don't handle that, so obviously that's a county. You're saying the county supervisors would handle that and make policy for the police departments around the state. So I would like to speak to a county supervisor then and find out why they're allowing this to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, sounds good. You can Google San Francisco County Supervisors if you wish. Um, you know, I, Well, I don't have the Internet. I don't have access to the Internet right now. So I was just wondering. That's why I got your number and figured I'd call my, my representative's office. But you, then again, you say you don't represent those issues. So uh, do you represent the, I mean, the people in the district? Your district, you represent, correct? Yeah, so you want to give me an address and I can look up uh, your – Voting profile and see how I can uh, provide instructions. Yeah, look up my. No, I don't want to look up any voting profiles. I just wanted a county supervisor's phone number. Or, well, or, I can't or, direct or, you to any county you know, supervisor if you're not in San Francisco right now. That's what I'm saying. Well, I, well, so you can't direct me to a county supervisor in San Francisco right now. That's what you're saying. Are you calling? Are you currently living in San Francisco? Where I where I am or what I'm doing right now is irrelevant. I'm a, I'm telling you I'm a citizen no, of that. Very of relevant. That, you know? <laughs> no, it's not technically. I'm a I'm a registered voter, and I. So I where are you registered? I'm a registered American citizen. That's all that should matter right now. I mean, you're a part of the union, right, California? Unfortunately, the union, the union of the <laughs> yeah. United States. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well the United States. Yeah. Yeah, you're a part of the United States of America, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, then, then I'm a U.S. citizen, so I was, you know, so that should be very important. And, I mean, I, I mean, my point is what I'm trying to make here is that, as I can see it, we're, we're allowing undocumented immigrants to become police officers, and it seems like the American citizens have no rights anymore. That all the undocumented people have all the rights. They're getting all the perks, and and now they've got cities that are going to be handing out two thousand dollars to uh, homeless people across the country. And you're one of the cities, as a matter of fact, that's got online to do that. Can you explain that? In terms of helping homeless people get off the streets? Yeah. You're, with no questions yes. asked, you're going to hand out cash money. Can you explain that? Because Why people that? Go are currently unhoused and are going through traumatic situations in which the state is needing to help uh, get people assistance. Where is that in the const state constitution or, or or federal constitution? Where do we, where does it say that that that's the, the, the that that's the job of the government? The state is supposed to provide services to its citizens? It says that in the Constitution? I mean, the that's, what the, that's what the government is for, to provide services that, on, a, on a social level. Really? Oh, I, what I, is, I, I what is the government I for? 
Well, if you work for the government and you're asking me, I mean, I... No, I'm, <laughs> I mean, asking, I just, I'm asking you because you're the one that's asking well, me these questions. Well, one, one, one thing the government is really for is to secure our borders, and, and, you, and you guys aren't doing that. <laughs> okay. Tom, you don't think that's the job of the government? I mean, listen, that is the job of the government. How we decide, how we define securing borders is probably going to be different, but I respect your opinion. Okay, well, I guess it would matter to the voters. It's all up to the voters and what they say, right? I mean, yeah, the bottom thankfully, line. you know, the voters trusted us uh, as the representatives of San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> well, again, we have a difference of opinion. But again, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you really didn't answer it too much. You answered one question. You said, <laughs> but all right, so you're not going to give me a county supervisor uh, uh, phone I number. I can't give but, you a county uh, supervisor if you're not a rep- represented in the city of San Francisco. If you want to give me an address of your residence in San Francisco, I can direct you to your local county supervisor. Well, 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 how about this then? What if I'm homeless and I don't have an address? Oh, well, then where are you currently <laughs> residing as a homeless situa- citizen? Well, well, that was my real question. What I was getting to is, if they're homeless, if someone's homeless, and you guys are going to give this cash money uh, to the homeless people, and they don't have an address and have a bank account, how are you going to decipher who's homeless and who's not? Or is this one of those government handout programs that just becomes a debacle again? Do you waste believe that people are just claiming that they're homeless when they're not? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I can't then, if you don't have any but, research, I don't necessarily know why you would believe that. Well, common sense would say that there's bad people out there who would probably try to claim and get that money, right? Well, sure. I don't really want to live in that world that you believe so you don't think there's bad people out there that would try to claim to collect a free I mean, for decades, people have been talking about welfare queens to homeless people who aren't homeless claiming benefits and such, and really the statistics that show it in research, uh, really that doesn't exist. So, you know, if you have any statistics to show me that that exists, please, you know, but if you're going to provide some anecdotal evidence that you don't really even have um, because you don't have that, then I, I don't know what to say. Well, I don't have the exact numbers or facts off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but I promise you I will get them because, I would, because it, I'd be curious as to why you have fraud investigators then if, they, if, this, if the fraud doesn't exist. I mean, you know, listen, that, if that happens on a one-off, that happens on a one-off, but it's not, I don't think it's a systemic-wide issue. Okay, well, then if, it's, you know, then if it's not, then there should be no reason to have so many fraud investigators within the Department of Social Services and, and the state government, or even with the IRS, since we live in a country that doesn't, doesn't perpetrate fraud. I mean, you know, but, but I'll get those numbers for you. It's inter- what's your first name, if you don't mind? Please I, do. I call back to your office. Yeah, what's your first name? Yeah, my name's Lorenzo. Lorenzo. All right, Lorenzo. All right, well, I'll get those for you in a, in a couple of weeks, and I'll get back to you on that, because I'm very interested. Sounds good. I look forward to you doing that research. All right. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. God bless. Jerk. All right. Well, boy, oh, boy, they're just combative, aren't they? Right right off the the bat, they don't want to answer none of your questions, but he's got all the answers, doesn't he? Boy, oh, boy. So there's no fraud. They don't commit fraud. But as it is true, folks, they're going to give. They want to give two thousand dollars across the country to the homeless people out there. No questions asked. Just hand it out to them. How is that going to be? How is that going to go over? How do you? What are they going to do? Just some guy from the government's going to stand on the corner and hand out, whip out a checkbook? Well, you can't whip out a checkbook because you can't cash a check if you're homeless because you don't have an address. 
And you got to have an address to have a driver ID to go to the bank and open up a checking account. So, uh, well, they got those check cash in place, but I guess you still got to have an ID. So how is that going to work? They're going to have a, they're going to set up Uncle Sam in a uniform on, on a street corner and you just with a big bucket, bucket of cash. You're going to have Federal Reserve with a helicopter like Bernanke was and drop $100 bills or how is that going to work? I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, and he, and he he says there's no fraud. So, but uh, he he stated there was no fraud. There's no fraud in the, uh, in uh, at least in California or in this world. I you know, and I didn't have no numbers to give him, so he didn't want to go into the debate on that. Very interesting conversation there with the, uh, the senator's office there that doesn't represent anything that I had to offer or ask about. <laughs> you guys are something else. Oh, oh boy. Tuesday. That's what we're going to do. No, this, we're going to start doing this on Tuesdays. I mean, Tuesday. Call your local politician and, see, and let them not answer any of your questions. And that's going to be the new show, I think. What do you think? Where's Sarge at? Is Sarge, you out there, Sarge? Where are all these smart people at that have all these that know everything on my podcast show? Where are you guys at? <laughs> I sure would like to. Sure would like to. Uh, have some of you on the line there questioning these people with the common law thing and all that. I wasn't going to get into that with them. I wasn't gonna, that would go nowhere. But uh, let's see here. Well, I, got, I got another one here. We'll try another one here. Well, I, I want to know about this this program there. That they're gonna be, we got another one here. We got one more number here I can call here. Let's see. Oh, he wants my name and number right off the bat. He wants all my information. You're not getting nothing, pal. You don't know who I am. All right, let's call this office here. I forgot who this office belongs to. Let's go back up. Let's see here. Senator Brian Dolly's office. Uh, yes. How you doing? I I got I just got the phone to uh, Senator Weiner's office there. Uh, the Sacramento area there. I was asking a question about the the program that they're going to be uh, handing out the uh, thousand or two thousand dollars to the homeless people across the country, and our city's one of them. Uh, I was just wondering how is that program going to work? Like, how are you going to prevent fraud and stuff like that? And his office commented saying that there is no such thing as fraud, that there is no fraud with welfare, and people that claim that they're on food stamps or claim that they're homeless, they don't. There is no fraud. So. But I was just wondering if, what, what your thoughts on, were on that. Um, well, we haven't been given an official proposal, so we're not sure how exactly it would work. But I can tell you, given the history of the state, like with EDD, for example, um, there will easily be rampant fraud. But as of right now, we're not sure of how that program would work, uh, so we're not really able to speak on specifics. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, I but, think it's a yeah, safe yeah. bet that there, that there will be. Yeah, I'm just curious. Do you have, by chance, off the top of your head, what, how much fraud every year EBT? Because I know there is fraud. You're right. That's why we have fraud investigators and stuff. But and he said there was zero fraud. But I was just saying, off the top of your head, you know what the numbers are on the fraud each year, and at least in, uh, in the state, our state. Not, not specifically. Um, but I know it was tens and tens upon tens of millions of dollars, if not more. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Huh. All right. Probably well, more so, than that. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. But, uh, okay, well, I appreciate your time and answering my question. Of course. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, all right. 
Well, I just wanted to confirm that. Tens and tens. I'm going to get the numbers for that jerk. Give him a call next week. <laughs> I got I to gotta find out what no, what number, what, what did, where did she say she he was or he or she? I didn't even know what the hell that was. It sounded like he or she. What office was he from? Oh, I got to write down this number. I got to check out this number. So I wrote down this number and I forgot where I got it from. That wasn't San Francisco. That was Sacramento, was it? I don't know. It could be a... Oh, boy. I tell you. Boy, they can't agree with each other. They, 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 look at the mess we're in. In this country. It's just crazy. It's insane. <clears throat> insane. Insane. Insanity. That's what it is. Totally insane. But that's what Tuesday night, that's what we're going to do from now on. That's what I'm going to dedicate the show to, calling up your local politician. So if you guys got questions that you want to ask, you just email me or message me in the chat or whatnot, and, and I'll ask the question to these these criminals, you know, and because I know they're criminals, and that's just what they are. And uh, oh, I want to say hello to the, to the Indian show out there, the Indian show there, the uh, uh, Chief uh, – uh, what's his name there? Chief Coward, uh, if you're doing your rain dance out there or casting your spell on me or whatever, the American Indian podcast on Blog Talk Radio there, I want to say hello to that jerk. Uh, and he is a jerk. And uh, with your racist comments and your, your disgusting hating the white people and you're going to go to war and do this or whatever you're going to do and, you know, and, and uh, the white man's a loser and this and that. And I just want to say hello to you, Chiefy, because I know you're probably listening. You are a chief coward, and I know you would never have the courage enough to call into my podcast show. So uh, I want to say thanks for taking my call there uh, uh, the other day, and, and of course hanging up on me as soon as I made a valid point and made you look like a fool. So um, that's the, the Indians there, the Indian show. Boy, I tell you, these guys, they, I mean, I, I heard Indians, when they drink, they go crazy because it's like <laughs> when they drink alcohol, they can't handle their alcohol. Is that why they smoke the peace pipe? I don't know. Just curious. But anyway, uh, so Chief Chiefy there, Chief uh, – well, I got to think of a nickname for him. Chief uh, Chief Raindance maybe. I don't know. I'll think of a nickname for him. But anyway, he was uh, he does a podcast show. They're on uh, – usually late at night, and uh, they, they can't stand me. They can't stand me. So uh, <laughs> I want to say hello to them because I know they're listening. I just know it. Um, all right, so uh, – well, anybody got any thoughts or comments? Uh, now's the time to do it. Because uh, if not, here I'm going to go into my documentary. Maybe I'm going to go into the documentary mode here because I got to gather my thoughts here. And I did have I I don't know where my remonstrance team is. They were supposed to come on on Tuesdays. This is the second Tuesday in a row now that they haven't shown up. So uh, if you remember correctly, we had the big remonstrance talk there about the remonstrance and and what what that is the remonstrance and and how we you know that's the proper way of going and bringing your grievances toward the uh, local government there. So, uh, but again, nothing. Where's Joe at? Joe, where are you at, Joe? If I don't go on on Tuesday, I get phone calls and emails. Why weren't you on on Tuesday? And then when I go, go on on Tuesday, I keep my show time, these guys don't come on. So, I mean, come on, man. What's the deal here? Um I'm trying to find this documentary. I had uh, all right. The NATO NATO deploys uh, 300,000 soldiers to the border here, uh, to the border, and then the phone number six five seven three eight three zero six one six. I know I got, I got a few people out there that uh, want to talk. So, uh, but uh, let me play this quick one here on NATO, and 
have to be out of here, and then we'll take phone calls, I guess. All right? Coming to today's program, we got COVID news. We got uh, news about the banking collapse. And the very long, long plan to institute central bank digital currencies. We also have uh, mainstream media actually pointing out the really disgusting anti-white rhetoric being used by politicians and media to get elected these days. We'll get into all of that and more. Your phone calls, of course. We've got people calling in about most everybody talking about Trump and Stormy Daniels. If you want to call in, give us a call, one 789 2539 There's still a few lines open. You can get in, and we'll go to your phone calls this segment. We'll just finish up first talking about what's happening with China and Russia. Let me just try to give you a an idea of exactly what's happening here. It's just, ooh, it, it's all it's all crazy. It's all completely insane. Okay, you've got Ukrainian soldiers. Basically, they're admitting that that Russia is winning. Ukraine soldiers admit we're just getting killed as they defend Bakhmut city, which has been a very very long and brutal contest over that city that Russia is eventually going to succeed in, in taking just how many Ukrainians have to die before that happens is the question. At the same time, you've got NATO is racing to arm Russian borders where they are sending 300,000 soldiers to Russian borders, basically as an intimidation tactic, getting ready to invade Russia, despite the fact that Ukraine is not in NATO. So we would be doing this as an offensive maneuver. maneuver. It has nothing to do with the defensive agreements in NATO, which actually matters. This stuff actually matters, right? World War One and Two were both started because of defensive agreements between, in one case, Belgium and the UK, and another case, Poland and, uh, well, you could say Serbia and Russia, and then Belgium and the UK that, that brought the UK into it and made it a real world war uh, rather than just a European land war between uh, the German Empire and the Austro-Hungarian Empire and the Russian Empire and the French. It's all defensive agreements, but they were actual defensive agreements. It was actually a defensive agreement that said the UK said, if Belgium, if your you know, territorial integrity is, is compromised, we will defend you. Then it was compromised, then they went in to defend them. That's an agreement that you make, and you know, you, you can say, as, as people did at the time, all of this over a piece of paper, like, really? Really? Because you because you made an agreement 50 years ago about defense, now you're going to send the whole world into war over a little excursion when in Germany they weren't even attacking Belgium, they were just using Belgium to go through Belgium to get to France. But at least it was an actual defense agreement, and at least there have been defense guarantees to Poland by the UK and others for when the Nazis and Soviets invaded that country. They're like, well, now the defense clause is activated. With Ukraine, we have no defense agreement with them. There is no treaty that we signed or agreement that they're in NATO, and so we have to treat them as if they're a NATO member. So this is all aggressive and offensive on behalf of NATO as we put hundreds of thousands of soldiers on the border of Russia and act like they're not going to do anything, and if they do, they're the bad guys. I'm not going to fall for it. I hope you don't either. You also have the United States EU agree to start talks on critical min- uh, minerals amid trade tensions. So again, they're talking about really expanding their uh, mineral acquisition in order to fund the uh, 
energy transformation, the Great Reset transformation, it's, it's all totally absurd. And actually, we'll get to that story a little bit later. But um, just finishing up here. So you've got Ukraine is losing, and they've lost three armies already. Russia is continuing to march forward in a steady and persistent fashion. You have Vladimir Putin being charged with war crimes by the ICC and then going and doing a open-air walk around in the city of Mariupol, which I don't know if you noticed, there was no fake air raid sirens to make him seem brave. It was actually kind of a badass thing to do rather than the highly orchestrated play acting that Joe Biden did when he went and visited Ukraine. And you've got China and Russia meeting in Moscow to solidify and expand their friendship and cooperation. The headlines are things like this. Persistently move forward with new prospect of friendship, cooperation, and joint development of China and Russia. Contacts at the highest levels play an important role in our, uh, and are of enduring strategic importance. Talk about cooperating in defense as well as industry, infrastructure, and everything else as they seek to oppose and dismantle the U.S. hegemony, which has done so, such great things for the world so far. But on top of that, you have the newly opened diplomatic relations between Saudi Arabia and Iran for the first time in a all right, let me pause that right there real quick because, you know, we have to look at how big the world's militaries uh, are actually in size, and people have to understand the size of the militaries that we're talking about here. The world military size, for instance, as of 2019, the world, I mean, all the armies around the world put together equal 27 million, uh, uh, 27,671,000, okay? That, that, that's total. Now, you go by country by country. North Korea has 1 million. 469,000 uh, in their army. Russia has 1,454,000. The United States has 1,388,000 in their military altogether. Okay? So Afghanistan has active military, 250,000. Reserves, uh, 75,000. Uh, paramilitary, 170,000. Total, 495,000. That was as of uh, 2000. That's obviously before the collapse. Um, Albania has 8,000. Uh, very small. Uh, Algeria, 130,000. Uh, uh, so let's go down here now. About uh, let's see. So let's go by down here. Numbers here and what we got here. In twenty, as of in 2022, China had the largest armed forces in the world, obviously by active duty military personnel with about two million active soldiers. India, the United States, North Korea, and Russia rounded off rounded off the top five. So that's the top five right here, largest militaries in the world. Okay, um, who's the strongest military in the world? Well, Russia is number one right now according to the strength in military. Okay. The United States is ranked number two. All right, that's what they say. Uh, that's the strongest army. Army, that is army. Okay, I don't know if they're going by military or army right now. See, it confused me because the military army is strong, different here. Uh, let's see here. Let's go about U.S. military. All right, the United States military now they say is ranked number one in this chart here. Ranked one out of 145 out of countries considered for the annual GP, GFP review. The nation holds uh, – uh, let me go by the scores and everything. I'm not even going to get into that nobody's going to understand what they're, I'm talking about. Um, who has a number one – who has a, the world number one army? Uh, again, now they got Russia again on this chart. So Russia and Russia and the United States, it's, it's, we're separated like by a point differential system here. China is very, very close at number three, and India is strong four. And then you got uh, North Korea at number five. 
So North Korea, but you, you got to wonder, see, everyone in North Korea, if you're not in the army or military, what do you do? Because you're slaves over there, you know? I mean, you're, or you become a peasant farmer, and that's about it. I mean, they don't have any real factories over there, <laughs> you know? Uh, but let's go in detail here. Let's see if we can go in a little bit of detail here, if, we, uh, if I can get these up here. I remember I pulled these up before, these numbers. Um, we can go by, uh, well, okay, let's see here. We'll go by this one. No, get off there. All right, well, let's see. Let's go to number nine. Yeah, even despite a 20% drop in such force, it remains among the top ten most formidable armed forces in the world. It's the United Kingdom. They have some of the most powerful munitions on the planet. The HMS Queen Elizabeth aircraft carrier with a 4.5-acre flight deck was commissioned by the Royal Navy in 2020 and will be capable of transporting 40 F-35B joint strike fighters across the world. Um, the Italy is ranked number eight. The Italian military ranks are high due to the country's two operational aircraft carriers. The addition of two aircraft carriers to Italy's already sizable submarine and attack helicopter fleets aided the country's accession to new heights. So I guess they learned their lesson from World War II Italy there. Uh, France, number seven. Despite its size, France's military is well-trained, professional, capable of deploying enormous quantities of force. France is a prominent military actor with the Charles de Gaulle aircraft carrier frequent military deployments in Africa to assist governments in battle and terrorism. Number six, South Korea. To deal with such eventualities, South Korea has a high number of submarines, attack helicopters, and active people. This country also boasts a variety of tanks and the world's sixth biggest air force. Total population of the country is 51,800. 35,000, while the available labor force is 25 million. So that's half of their country is, is available for labor. Japan, it, Japan, it is believed it has, has the fourth largest submarine fleet in the world. Japan's Navy also has four aircraft carriers. However, they are only equipped with helicopters. Japan also has the world's fourth largest fleet of attack helicopters after only China, Russia, and the United States. India, India has an estimated one, I already told you, 1.5 million active military troops. They have a long-standing territorial dispute with Pakistan over Kashmir. According to Global Firepower, the country boasts the world's most tanks which has 4,292. Uh, towed artillery also 4,060, and a fighter aircraft of 538. This year, India's military budget is estimated to be over $61 billion. That is amazing, huh? $61 billion. That's India. India, folks. They have 4,292 tanks. And now you think about World War II, how many tanks were out there. That's, that's peanuts compared to World War II, you know? But but again, these tanks are different than what they had in World War II. These aren't these big, you know, big Panzer tanks where these these tanks got sophisticated radar equipment now, and amazing, amazing what these tanks have. China, in terms of overall manpower, it's the world's largest military. It also has the world's second largest tank and submarine fleets after only Russia and the United States. China's military modernized, innovative, innovative have also made tremendous progress in recent years. Ballistic missiles and fifth-generation aircraft are now being developed, which might transform the face of armed combat in the near future. And, of course, we get to number two and one, which is Russia and the United States. According to global firepower statistics, Russia has the most tanks in the world, 1,950, more than double the number of tanks owned by the United States. On land, about one million active people are in command of 27,038 armored vehicles, 6,083 self-propelled artillery groups, and 3,860 rocket projectors. Russia's defense budget is estimated to be $48 billion. 
The U.S. poses a fleet of 10 aircraft carriers, which is the most significant conventional military advantage. Furthermore, the U.S. has a large and well-trained human force, the most aircraft in the world, cutting-edge technology such as the Navy's new rail gun and, of course, the world's largest nuclear arsenal. A country's army is undoubtedly one of the most important resources. India has one of the biggest armies in the world, okay, um, uh, according to the size recruits and active men. Traditional def- definitions of military power based on factors like serving personnel, artillery power, missile arsenal, and technological advancement. The candidates must be aware that there are a number of publications and indices that are continually updated regarding the military power of various nations. The most pertinent ones are the Global Firepower Index, Power Index Score, and publications from organizations like SIPRI. So those are your numbers right there. Uh, Top 10 armies, highest total numbers of military personnel. Uh, You got Vietnam, 10 million. Uh, North Korea, seven million. Now these are just personnel. You know, I'm not talking about trained on the ground, boots on the ground troops. Uh, uh, as far as personnel goes, the United States only has two million. Brazil, Brazil, two million. But these are people now. Brazil. Say, well, I'm going to tell you, Brazil. These are people walking around with AK-47s. Okay, they're not walking around with you know sophisticated military equipment that uh, you know that that we we have or like China has. Um, so you know. If World War III was to break out, these players and these countries I just named off to you would be main players at stake in the world. Now, who would we align ourselves with? Uh, the United States is pretty isolated right now. I mean, we've got Great Britain, of course. We got France. We know that. We got Italy. You know, uh, you know. But who else? Australia, Canada, of course. You know, those are our allies. But you know, you got China, Russia, Iran. What if India teams up with China? And then you got North Korea over there. You got a pretty big. Uh, you think we're going to be able to take them on? You know, in a ground conflict. So the only way, you know, and now what happens if they came over here and, and landed on our land and attacked us, which would be very, very difficult. They'd have to come in through Canada or Mexico. You know, and with the way our borders are unsecure right now, and these globalists and what they're trying to do is destroy the United States, and I believe that's what they're long intentions are in the long run and that's why the borders are so unsecure and you've got that Marxist communist scumbag that I was just talking to from that political office there that was laughing about the borders uh, you know that, that, and that's what they are and, and they got the devil inside of them they don't even know it but uh, those are your new world order idiots out there that think being a slave is good and uh, you know taking the mark of the beast or whatever have you in the future is a good thing and these are the people that are your enemies out there they're living right beside you these are your neighbors these are the people you work for or you they work for you and you, we have to shun them out there's not time for re-education re-education days are over you can't go out there and re-educate these people there's too much misinformation out there if they're on the wrong side of the boat from the beginning then chances are they're not your friend and they're not going to come over to your side in the end so this is a battle for who is who is uh, righteous, who is going to stand up for what's right, and really God. You know, so if you want to go over to the evil dark side and fight for them, and 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 be a transvestite or LGBTQ and queer and an abortion lover, baby killer, and 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 vaccine lover, then that's you go right ahead. You're going to burn in hell one day. I assure you of that. And the world, you will probably most likely conquer. When the Lord comes back, though, when God does come back, he'll set things straight. So 
I just want to put that I'm just answering a couple of emails here. That's why I spouted off like that for a minute. So uh, anybody here wants to check in with me, 657-383-0616, press number one, and uh, I'll get you on here. Um, so I'm going to get back to my story over here, and uh, then I've got my my documentary on my play. So uh, I don't know where my regulars are here tonight. 657-383-06, taking calls now. So you guys want to press one, get in here now. Um Back to my NATO story here, and uh, wait for the callers. Long time. With now the Saudi king has invited the Iranian president to Riyadh. Saudi Arabia's King Salman bin Abdulaziz has invited Iranian President Ibrahim Rasi to Riyadh, an Iranian official said on Sunday. Again, drawing those two countries uh, even closer together. Totally humiliating for the American hegemonic power structure in the Middle East. Vladimir Putin's written an article for uh, the People's Daily Newspaper in Russia called Russia and China, a future-bound partnership. You also have Silva de Lula from Brazil. He's visiting uh, China to boost the China-Brazil ties despite discrediting by West. So Brazil also moving towards the BRICS uh, you know, nation hegemony rather than the American one. And you have this, Syria's Assad arrives in the United Arab Emirates in official visit. Syrian President Bashar al-Assad arrived in the United Arab Emirates on Sunday for an official visit, accompanied by his wife, Asma, at a time when more Arab states have signaled openness to easing the isolation of Damascus. So again, it's sort of interesting timing, right? 20 years to the day since America invaded Iraq in order to overthrow the dictator, Saddam Hussein, who, by the way, we put into office. Oopsies. Oopsie-daisy, we did that. You've got Assad meeting with the UAE and the president of Iran being invited to Saudi Arabia and China having orchestrated all of this, meeting with Russia, who, of course, had been defending Assad for the last decade or so as he has come under concerted assault by the deep state operatives that also overthrew the duly elected government in Ukraine to set the stage for that whole conflict. So this really is a collapse of the American hegemony. Where this goes from here is kind of anybody's guess, except you have to take into account the fact that the people that run America and have gotten us into this trouble, primarily the banking combines that pull the strings behind the curtain, uh, are also the ones that have systematically exported our manufacturing and so much of our industrial power to China over the last several decades. So you can't, can't help but think that they're not exactly against this, but we also are seeing uh, the American government make major changes in their recruitment and in things like opening up Alaska for oil drilling that do signal that they are gearing up for a major war conflict with Russia or China or both in the very near future. So they may be kicking off World War III as all part of a designed and orchestrated depopulation movement to forcibly reset the world into a new, new world order from which we will all suffer. All right, so we got phone calls. We all go directly to phone calls beginning of the next segment and uh, for the entirety of next segment. Stay tuned. In the meantime, do go to InfoWarsStore.com. Check out the... All right, everybody. Okay. Uh, we'll go over here to this one here, the January 6th, one year later. Finished his more than hour-long speech. Thousands of protesters streamed from that rally site and walked this route. 
down Pennsylvania Avenue directly to the U.S. Capitol grounds. Several people told us that day they expected Vice President Pence to overturn the 2020 election results. What needs to happen today is Vice President Pence needs to not open the seven state electors' envelopes for the states that I mentioned, set them aside, and send it all back to those state legislatures. We've got to stop this deal from happening because um, if we don't, nobody's ever going to vote again. There's not going to be any integrity in our voting system. As the crowd grows, clashes between Trump supporters and Capitol Police officers clearly outnumbered intensified. We're not going to take it anymore. This is our country. This is Outside, our the Capitol's West Front became a battleground. Inside, the joint session of Congress to certify election results was underway. The traditionally ceremonial process is upended by Republicans, led by Representative Paul Gosar of Arizona and Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, challenging Trump's law, sending lawmakers to their separate chambers to debate. What does it say to the nearly half the country that believes this election was rigged if we vote not even to consider the claims of illegality and fraud in this election? Meanwhile, around 2 p.m., the east side barricades are breached. Here's what I saw from outside the Capitol. Half an hour ago, vehicle barriers that had been set up about 100 yards away or so from the Capitol were first breached by a group of protesters. Capitol Hill police retreated a little bit more. Then hundreds more protesters started to stream off this walkway in front of the Capitol. It is a remarkable thing. On the West Front, the mob tore down scaffolding, battled their way through the last line of police defense, and broke into the Capitol building itself. NewsHour congressional correspondent Lisa Desjardins was inside the building reporting live as it happened. Judy, now our protesters, protesters have now broken into the U.S. Capitol. And we'll stand in recess until the call of the chair. The Senate was called into recess and evacuated. The mob of Trump supporters roamed the historic hall, damaging property and searching for lawmakers. Security footage captured the moment Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman shuttled Republican Senator Mitt Romney of Utah to safety before running ahead to divert the approaching mob away from the Senate chamber. Rioters came within 100 feet of Vice President Mike Pence, whose security detail took him to safety from an office near the Senate. While this was happening, at 2.24 p.m., Trump tweeted from the White House, criticizing Pence for not having, quote, the courage to do what should have been done. Remarkably, the House was still in session when rioters attempted to break into that chamber. A police officer shot Ashley Babbitt, an Air Force veteran from California and QAnon conspiracy theorist, as she and a crowd tried to break into the rear of the chamber where some lawmakers were still sheltering. According to an analysis from the New York Times, rioters breached the Capitol in at least eight different places. They entered the Rotunda, Statuary Hall, and the Senate Chamber. Some broke into the offices of lawmakers, including House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Law enforcement arrived to clear a hallway above Statuary Hall, where NewsHour correspondent Lisa Desjardins was sheltered. But I do hear shouting as police to one by one be taking down the protesters, telling them to get on the ground, trying to control the situation. Democratic Senator Patty Murray from Washington State spoke with Judy Woodruff about hiding in her office with her husband that day. And we heard somebody saying, we saw them, they're in one of these rooms. 
and they were pounding on our door and trying to open it. And my husband sat with his foot against the door, praying that it would not break him. Meanwhile, outside, as the crowds grew, so did the violence. Officers on site continued to call for backup throughout the day. And while some reinforcements did arrive from local and state and federal agencies, it took National Guard units about three hours to respond to the Capitol. Rioters outnumbering law enforcement by more than 50 to 1 attacked, dragged, and beat police officers, crushing them underfoot and spraying them with chemicals. They began to beat me with their fists and with what felt like hard metal objects. In testimony to Congress, former D.C. Metro Police Officer Michael Fanone recounted being pulled into a crowd of protesters. I was electrocuted again and again and again with a taser. In total, nearly 150 police officers were injured on the day. During the attack, those closest to President Trump privately urged him to take action and tell his supporters to stop the assault. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy spoke with him from the besieged Capitol. His son, Donald Trump Jr., and several Fox hosts texted White House contacts to tell Trump to address the crowd. Hours passed before President Trump did anything to address the insurrection. Just after 4 p.m., he released a video repeating unfounded claims about the election results. I know you're pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. Around this time, police began to secure the Capitol. <laughs> Flashbangs and tear gas were used to clear the Western Terrace, the site of presidential inauguration. <laughs> police declared the Capitol complex secure around 8 p.m. To those who wreaked havoc in our Capitol today, you did not win. In the early hours of the next day, January 7th, Congress finished certifying the election results. Some Senate Republicans withdrew their initial objections. The chair declares the joint session dissolved. A Capitol Police officer, Brian Sicknick, suffered two strokes and died that evening. In the days and months following the attack, four police officers who were on duty died by suicide. More than 720 people have been arrested and charged with crimes linked to January 6th. The physical destruction of that day has since been cleaned up, but questions of how to repair the deeper damage to our democracy remain. For the PBS NewsHour in Washington, I'm Amna Nawaz. Yep, January 6th, yep. He's right. You did not win that day. You're right, Pence. You're right. And look at our country today. Look at it today. Just look at the phone call I had earlier with someone who's supposed to be a representative of the people. Dismissive, <clears throat> egotistical, rude, arrogant, didn't refuses to answer any questions, any inquiries, will not help or assist Talks about their policy like it's their policy, and they'll do what they want. Talks about the border like it's a joke. That's your representatives. You're right, Pence. They did not win. That's our country today. 
Trump was right. The election was stolen. It's a fraud. It's clear, clear as cut as day that Trump, that Biden did not receive that many votes. There's no way. Impossible. Possible. Common sense. Just look at the rallies. Biden shows up for a rally in Pennsylvania. Thirteen people show up with cameras. They're part of the press. Trump shows up 50,000 people. Come on. Do the math. Do the numbers. So this is the country that you like? This is what you like? This is what you're happy with? We just go out business as usual? We got Biden now in there, president, president. I mean, I can understand if he was even trying to do a good job. Then you could say, oh, then you can make an excuse for it. The guy doesn't even know where he's at. (laughs) He's not coherent. Anything that is contrary to the Constitution, therefore, they keep saying that we're democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. Democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting almost for dinner. But this is your country. This is what this is what it's about now. This is what it is, and and this is what we have. Now, what are we going to do to fix it or change things? Does anyone have any suggestions? Does anyone want to speak? Does anyone want to have a suggestion? What can we do to change things? We've been on this podcast now. We remember we had the Republic on here. All the time, all that time, same, same thing over and over. You know, and then we had the remonstrance people, uh, remonstrance, you, the final remonstrance. Remember that there, you know. And we got all these answers, all these suggestions, but no solutions, really. I'll take the first caller here. We just put their hand up there quickly. But has the courage there to speak? Go ahead, there, caller. Now, Joe, you know if they were going to put a guy in there who's going to do a good job for the country, they would never have done it in the first place. You have to understand, Joe Biden was never intended to do a good job for the country. Joe Biden, for his personal reasons, was in there to continue his grift. And the people around him who placed him there and who are within his inner circle see him as a nice-look puppet to implement this game to fundamentally transform the United States away from a constitutional republic. So they can make it just another uh, North American outpost on the uh, um, on the empire of global hegemony. That's it. Yeah. That's why they had to yeah. get rid of Trump. He was he was in the way of all of that. That's why they had to steal yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, was you're gonna right. Win. I mean, look at look at this look at this um, case in New York. Now you mentioned it earlier, but you know I, I've got to say to myself. This is the first, I guess you could call it a gain-of-function prosecution. Now, they, they have transmogrified what at best is a misdemeanor with a statute of limitations that is now expired. That is a bookkeeping record with regard to election accounting. You put, you put an expenditure like Stormy Daniels in the legal column, and so this guy's going to try to say that that's a misdemeanor offense. But in order to bookend it and mutate it into a felony... Now you've got to bootstrap it to a federal crime of which you have almost no chance of proving. I mean, it's just the most yep. amazing thing I've ever seen against the former president of the United States. 
Yeah. It is almost beggar's belief until you realize what a threat to these people who want to fundamentally transform our republic are. Then you understand they've got to stop them at all costs, no matter what sort of lawfare they have to wage. I'm surprised they haven't assassinated him yet. I got oh, I got I got to agree with you there. I I am absolutely a surprise 100 percent that they have not taken a shot at him at least even i mean like i was watching a documentary earlier with kim jong uh, the uh, north korea guy with his half brother how they assassinated him at an airport two girls ran up behind him and rubbed poison on his face and everything and you know they, i'm like you know and then you think with donald trump yeah and look what they did to Kennedy. Look what they did. I mean, you know, look, I know times have changed and now since then, but every president that has stood in the way of these new world order thugs, they've taken out. And uh, I'm surprised Trump has not had his shot yet. And let's look at the guy who's actually doing This is the same guy. This Alvin Bragg slug. This is the same guy that tried to prosecute that bodega owner for clearly, beyond any shadow of a doubt, lawfully defending his life against a thug determined to beat him up or maybe worse. And he actually yeah. tried to prosecute him for murder. This is a guy who takes that guy who beat up those Jews in New York or Brooklyn. Uh, they died, died, and beat him so severely they had to be hospitalized. He's the same guy who downgraded that to a misdemeanor. He's the same guy that lets carjackers, carjackers, and and uh, 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 you know uh, liquor store hold up guys, downgrades their felonies, the misdemeanors. This is the same guy. This is Alvin Bragg. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Sarge, did you uh, hear the conversation I had earlier with the senator's office? Yeah, I heard it. I'm working on a. Placing a sprayer under my sink, so I was listening to it. Yeah. I was replacing Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, and had no question. And this program about handing out thousands of dollars to homeless people. This guy was just unbelievable. <laughs> what do you think of that? How about that? Well, at least he spoke to you. Wait a minute. At least he spoke to you, so you can get some insight into the way these people reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's, most it's of us would have missed it long before that, but I guess. He felt maybe this guy's got a bit of a conscience. Maybe he felt he needs to justify this kind of insanity by trying to convince you that your eyes aren't seeing what you're seeing. It's gaslight. Yeah. <laughs> There's no fraud. You're not really seeing what you're seeing. What you're really seeing is just uh, the government, because government exists to uh, help people. No, that isn't the first function of government. I mean, yeah, government yeah, may that's help. A, that was the other thing. Yeah, yeah. He said government. Yeah, yeah, he may said, or what may not help government? people. But it may or may not help people. If it does, that's fine and dandy. And I suppose that could be an objective. But the first and primary duty of any government, the way at least in our understanding, is to secure it and protect it from all enemies, foreign and domestic, secure its borders, okay, observe the rule of law, and maintain a civil society. Everything else is subsidiary to that overall overarching goal. And this administration, frankly, is the worst ever in the history of the United States at securing that objective. He had no answer for me when I said I never saw that in the Constitution. What do you mean? What do you mean help people, provide programs? Provide programs for people. That's what he said. Provide programs for people. That, this, this yeah, well, you know, maybe, you ought to, maybe you ought to look up the general purpose of any government, then look up the specific purpose of our government as expressed in the preamble to provide for the common defense and to create a more perfect union. 
Establish justice. Secure, ensure domestic tranquility. Provide for the common defense. Promote the gen. When you say general welfare, general means all, encompassing, general, not specific. That means any yeah. welfare is supposed to be available to any citizen. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever welfare <laughs> benefits accrue are the same ones every citizen gets generally. The general welfare, not the specific welfare. It just shocks me every time I call these people. That's why I said every Tuesday I think I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to just start calling politicians and again uh, because it just shocks me every time I have a conversation with them because I mean, they come out of the side of their mouth with stuff that I just I mean I just can't believe it. And I wonder why we have the people in there that we do because if if they're out there campaigning on this stuff and people are voting for them, then we are surely lost. You know, and press one. Anybody wants to join the conversation? Press one, please. Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press one. You have to uh, press one on your phone if you want to jump in the conversation here. Go ahead there, Sarge. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right, because, man, I'm telling you, there's so much to say. I can't say it all in your show tonight. I mean, you, and I know you can't either. With this, I mean, this no. government and this, con- and this Constitution is under attack by so many, so many vectors that it's impossible to list them all. I mean, I, 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 I never, you know, I used to think a lot of things I used to think were conspiracies have now been realized. They're not conspiracies anymore. They're not conspiracy theories anymore. They're happening. They're happening right in front of our eyes. Sorry, you got to know somebody else who wants to jump in here that just put their hand up. So let's, but let's bring them on. Go ahead there, private caller. Hey, Joe. Hey, Sarge. John Doe. All right, Mr. Doe, John Doe. How What's are up, you? What's up, Doe? How do how you doing? <laughs> well, I'm sure you heard it. For yourself tonight. <laughs> well, hey, just what we've heard just tonight doesn't really express how you're doing. But I wanted to point out something that I think a lot of times we don't realize, and your calls help, you know, us see that. And that is that these congressmen and senators, apparently the aides are being directed by somebody, whoever these staffers and aides are that's answering the phone, to data mine you, your information, and wh- who you are and where you're from and all that. So that way they can decide what not only who you are, but what your philosophy and ideology is so they can do a lowest learner target you or like they did Judy Ruby, uh, Giuliani and, and Roger Stone and Donald Trump. See, they, they use the system say, oh, you've got to give me your uh, name and your address or your zip code and whatnot. They find out who you are, and then they they listen to you. I'm like, well, wait, when we go to vote, I don't know if it works the same way in every, you know, district and precinct. When you go to vote, you show up and you sign in just to be on the roll. But they don't get to go into the booth with you to determine what your ideological or political leanings are. But when you call your congressman or senator, if you start telling them all about the issues that you want to deal with and you're seeking redress of grievance, they want your name and your number and all that information, then that way they know who to target. See, if they don't lean to you, and this works in both the uh, conservative and the progressive liberal, whatever the progressive people are, it's like everybody's so concerned about making sure that they know where the person's coming from and where they live and whatnot, to, so that way they can target them. Yep. So how, yeah. 
how are we supposed to work through our differences and stuff when these people, you call in, get a redress of grievance, and the aides and staffers that answer the phone want to data mine you and use you as a target, and then if you don't, they just want to hang up on you and not help process your redress of yeah. grievance. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I, Can I, 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 I don't think Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say another thing in response to that in the sense that Article, I mean, the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution, unreasonable search. For them to ask your name and your location information and then want to know what your political uh, you know, position are on the issue is an unreasonable search. It's just the same thing whenever they show up at your house or whatnot for whatever, like a police officer or something, and Sarge will be able to coincide or jump in on this, is they ask you, well, do you have a weapon at the house or even, you know, whatever, something to that effect. And you say that's a constitutional issue. Oh, well, yeah, we believe in constitutional carry. No, it's a constitutional issue in the in the fact that it's none of your business and that you've just violated the Fourth Amendment of unreasonable search. Well, is that your true? Business. Yeah, that, that's interesting. You bringing up that up is that true? Does that violate the Fourth Amendment? I mean, they're elected representatives. I don't have to. I don't have to identify myself when I call them and inquire about a con. I mean, I, I'm not sure about that. Actually, that's a good question. Actually, you know. Well, I, I don't I don't know if that violates the Fourth Amendment, but I, I you would ask yourself, is that a proper question for a representative to ask before that representative supplies information? That I think yeah. is the issue. I mean why should yeah. why should you have why should you have to give a curriculum vitae to a public to a representative when you ask him questions about his very job and policies that he wishes to enact? He ought to be able to give you an answer that doesn't require any background check. Yeah, I and know. Plus, right? And plus, if if they do ask you that question and you say, hey, that's a Fourth Amendment issue and they want to press the issue, you say, okay, well, you give me your name and your address and, get, and you answer for me the questions I want to know about you. What's your Social Security number? Or what Do you have a gun in your house and stuff? They're like, well, wait, no. You don't want to. Uh, you don't have to ask me. You don't get the right to ask me that question. I'm. I'm here. Blah blah. blah. You get what I'm well, trying I, to say? Well, I suppose. I suppose that the the real. If if there was a Bill of Rights issue, I suppose it'd be the Fifth Amendment issue, meaning you have a right against self-incrimination, meaning that you might inadvertently or deliberately give to this representative some tool by which they can use to either persecute you or prosecute you, perhaps. But I don't see a Fourth yeah. Amendment issue because that has to do with the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures, really searching things for things and evidence and stuff. But incrimination might be something that could ensue from you getting information to a public official, and then he runs a background check on you. But even searching yeah. to know what, you pro- what your property is is improper search. That's unreasonable. They have no probable cause to ask you that question. Well, I think they can ask, but I think the real question is, why aren't they willing to offer information about what they're doing? That's more concerning yeah. to me. Well, why should yeah. a representative be 
be, we be trying to be secretive about what his policies are and who they're supposed to affect and how uh, they anticipate they're going to better the situations of the general polity. I think that's the question. But it's all yeah, of it. It's both. It's not one or the other. You're picking favorites as one's more important than the other. No, they're both equally important. That's just like when you go to your dentist and they, or a doctor and they start asking you, well, what's your mental condition or have you seen a mental whatever or do you have weapons in your house? It's the same thing. They're, see, they're using this as a go-around to get around the Fourth Amendment unreasonable search in order to identify what they say is a probable is a possible potential problem. It's like we have all these psychiatrists and, and I don't know sociologists. I don't know what all these different people psychiatrists and, and yeah, me, uh, John Doe, I got another anyway, caller here. They're going after Great. this mental thing, but the mental thing, who's setting the criteria? The elitists that get elected into office are being manipulated by the mover and shaker elitists in order to set the criteria for the bar association as well as for the medical association. And you and I don't get to make sure our will is mutually and reciprocally included in all of the rules, laws, processes, and procedures to uphold the spirit, hope, and promise of the Declaration of Independence that we're all equitable, independent, self-governing, free people. No, so they get their will in the law, therefore they're showing favoritism and making you a legislative slave. Now they're exercising undue influence, coercion, uh, exploitation, and duress on you. It's a psychological mind scan. Hey, John Doe, let me bring on three, another caller here. 323, go ahead, you're on. Hello, Joe, and the other callers, how you guys doing? This is Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. How you doing, mate? I'm doing fine. Joe, do you mind if I uh, do a little bit of self-promotion for about three minutes? No, go right ahead. Okay. As I was telling Joe a couple of days ago, I was offered a position to be the host of a uh, the conservative uh, network here on Blog Talk Radio. Don't know if I'm going to accept it. The thing is, is that I want a female co-host to uh, to anchor it with me. I've only want uh, the, I only have two people in mind. One probably can't do it. The other one may not be able to do it. If I can't get her, and the reason why I want a female co-host is because of the interaction between male and female, then Sarge, I would like for you to be my co-host if I accept that position. Would you? Um, oh, would I'm you consider accepting? <laughs> you are. <laughs> Look, oh, what network is you on? Uh, excuse me, I didn't uh, but hear But look, you. i tell you what, uh, it's not like I'd be opposed to it, but I don't want to, you know, spend a lot of time on Joe's show here talking about it, but uh, if I get away no, get in no, touch I'm with not. you, I'll, That's uh, yeah, I'll be happy spend to. A minute. Okay, and thanks, Joe, for letting me do it. The thing is, is that I know if you wanted a show, you would have done it all by yourself years ago. The advantage is, is if I do get the uh, hosting position, you do not have to be the co-host all the time I'm the host. When you come on, you will be the automatic co-host with the privileges of a co-host, including muting anybody who comes in to be a wise-ass. So I thought I'd <laughs> offer that to you. And now, um, what about, a, when's this show going to air now? What days is this going to air, this show? I haven't, ex- I haven't accepted the position yet. And if I do, then, I've, then I'll let everybody know. 
and then they can come and get entertained and uh, and informed uh, only the way that I do it. <laughs> and um, um, I'd be, you know, and I'd be glad if you guys show up. And uh, and of course, Sarge, when he shows up again, it's not a position where you have to come when I'm there. Because if you wanted to show, you would have done it. And regularity can be a pain in the ass, right, Joe? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to show up all the time. He can, right? <laughs> so here, here. when you show up, here, here. you be the you be the co-host, and you have the power of muting. So I just thanks Joe for letting me do that because uh, I have cause yeah. I don't know Sarge's number, but I'll get a hold of him if I if I accept that position. Um, so thank you. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah. So let John Doe go back to the constitutional. <laughs> information. Hey, wait, like, Joe, Joe, <laughs> you, didn't, you, didn't catch the, you didn't catch the beginning of tonight's podcast. I had a, a senator's office on the show, a couple of them actually, and kind of put it to him a couple of good hardcore questions, and uh, it was a good you exchange. Did. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. Gotta go back and listen oh, to it. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Come on, uh, log in to Blog Talk, come into the show. I'll get a private box with you and send you my email address. Who, me? You're talking to me? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Um, Joe, why don't you give Sarge my number, all right, because it's right there on your yeah. switchboard. And, Sarge, you can oh, oh, you oh, can contact you me. Right. All right. I can hey, send Sarge a price. Joe. Yeah, hang Joe. on a second here. Hang Joe. Joe Gibson, put, put, put Sarge and Joe. Montana Joe in the green room and let them exchange their information. Oh, yeah, that's go. an idea. Yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll put idea. you in a private room. I'll put you in a private yeah, room. Yeah, that's what I meant. Log Joe. in the blog talk and just come on the chat room, chat board. Oh, no, the chat won't yeah. be private, though. But he's, he's yeah, going to put private. us in the green room. Right now, I'm going to put you in the green room right now for about for, – I'm going to be in there with you for about one minute. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys a minute. Go ahead. All right, John Doe, go ahead. Continue on. Yeah, I, know I also wanted to bring up, you know, whenever we're talking about all of these rights and stuff, I think most of the time, and I don't know how everybody else feels, but in most the circles of people I know, it seems like the majority of us Americans don't really have critical thinking skills or reasoning or logic skills in order to know what the true interpretation of the Constitution is. So, therefore, when you call your congressman or senator and you get these kind of representatives, you know, whoever answers the phone, the staffer or aide or whatnot, they don't give a flying flip about whether you're being represented correctly or not. They'll use the word, yeah, we represent, or, you know, give me your zip code and make sure that you're in the right, you know, district of representation. Well, to move on to the other point about the January 6th, it's like all of these people that were upset and went to the Capitol Hill, they have a right to make sure that their vote counts legitimately and accurately. Got and whenever yeah. we have congressmen and senators that continue to lie out their teeth and misrepresent the facts and the evidence and information, and then when they call their congressmen and senators trying to get redress of grievance and get clarity for integrity on the vote, you know, make sure that there's a integrity throughout the whole chain of custody for voting, they get ignored and disenfranchised because the people who are answering the phone don't understand the Constitution well enough to, you know, know that they're responsible to the people who are calling to make sure that well, all of us as will 
is mutually and reciprocally yeah. included. So therefore, so therefore, the, each one of us we own the self-governing of ourselves. That's our intellectual property. So when Congress passes a law or does something and we call in for redress and they deny us our due process rights of good faith bargaining, good faith negotiating, mutuality of agreement, freedom of contract, freedom of conscience, freedom of association, they've just committed extrinsic fraud against us and they've destroyed the legal effect of your private property. That's a felony. But nobody's holding them accountable because most of us don't know how to talk to them that way. And so when they destroy the legal effect of your private property and they commit extrinsic fraud, they've also committed fraudulent conveyance. They've now conveyed your property, the self-governing of you, to themselves to use it as a power bargaining chip in dictating rules, laws, and processes on the masses. That's also undue influence, and they've just stripped you, nullified you of your ownership rights and your due process, you know, your uh, self-governing property. Do, do you follow me with that? Yeah, yeah I too follow you. too convoluted for what, you to follow. I follow you, but the thing is, is what's, what, what do you mean they commit a felony? Let me explain. Let me read this to you, 14th Amendment dispute right here. Let me read this to you. Destruction of property is a felony. All right. Well, let me let me just check. Well, let me read this to you real quick here. All right. It, it, it is in my, my strong opinion that lawful immigration is not only appropriate but essential to maintain who we are as a nation and republic. Legal immigration should be eliminated as much as possible. Legal immigration is unfair. Those who seek to enter the, this nation lawfully. For those immigrants fleeing their government and, and mass due to oppression, I equate to that, uh, that to cowardice. Okay. Um, it says right here that um, – Benjamin Franklin stated that, in the law, that the law of nations has continually in the hands of the members of Congress, our law now sitting in the United States, that the children are bound by natural ties to the society in which they were born. They are under an obligation to show themselves grateful for the protection that is afforded to their fathers in a great measure, indebted to those that rebirth and education. A birth and education, excuse me. They ought, therefore, to love it as we, uh, excuse me, as we have already shown to express a, a just gratitude to it and requite its services so far as possible by serving in turn. We have, and, and the son of a citizen, when it comes to the years of discretion, may examine whether it's be convenient for him to join the society for which he was destined by his birth. So when you're, when you're talking about we self-governing ourselves, uh, John Doe, what are you talking about self-governing? I mean, what's the job of the government, you think? What, what is the job of our government? What, is, what, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to protect our rights and privileges as independent, self-governing, free people so we can go out and pursue our happiness as long as we do no harm to others. Okay, what about all this government services that are going on right now? How do we get rid of those? Well, that's a bigger question because you've got to get specific for each one depending on what each one is. The well, they all got to go. They all have to go, right? They all have to go technically because that's not what the government's job to provide services, right? Uh, depending, I'm not sure I know what services you're referring to. I do agree with you from the general point of what I think I understand you to say, yes. But there are a certain yeah, amount well, of services. We don't have – we have a military and we have law enforcement for a reason. They don't all have to go. 
yeah, 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 yeah. No, I understand that part, but Social Security, food stamps, programs, housing, uh, your utility networks, uh, your your water departments, uh, your waste management, stuff like that. How are we – just take waste management, for instance. How is New York City going to cover its waste management process if the government's not involved to regulate it somehow? Well, the point that I want to make in regards to that is you cannot do anything about it until you understand the fact that each and every one of the people that's in that jurisdictional um, district are an equitable, independent, self-governing, free person. And if you deny them the right to have their will mutually and reciprocated, enacted, codified, and ratified, then you committed. Um, fraud against the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, wait a second now. Wait a second. Committed fraud. Now, what about the government, though, itself as an entity? What right do the people well, have to, we to usurp the, off the government? Joe, we the people are the government. The daily operations yeah, well, we have, of but government we elect Yes, but we elect representatives to represent what who you know what our wants and needs are. And if the people enacted and wanted and voted into office, these politicians that enacted some of these services and and non self governing rules or programs, then therefore it's of the people's will. So therefore, it's not violating their rights. Then right. No, it's not of the people's will. That's why in the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law abridging the right of the people to petition their government for redress of grievance. Article 1, Sections 9 and 10, there's no title of nobility at the federal level or the state level. Article 4, Section 2, the citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities as citizens of the several states. That right there tells you when it comes to governing, you and you take into consideration the very first paragraph of the Declaration of Independence where it says, you assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle you. That makes you a free moral agent. No other human being gets to dictate burdens, encumbrances, and obligations of you, including governing. So therefore, if we don't recognize that fact that we're all here under the same umbrella and with the same exclusive jurisdictional power and authority over determining our own burdens and encumbrances, then you're being manipulated by your, you know, mind, what do they call it, Stockholm Syndrome. It's another mind scam. Yeah. Because one group is exercising favor over another. Just because I say I represent you because you elected me into office, but then I I just ignore your redress of, you know, petition for redress of grievance and deny you your proper standing and then deny you your due process rights. That's extrinsic fraud. It's fraudulent conversion. Yeah, it's fraudulent conveyance. And nobody talks about those you? things. But wait, all right. But what are you being denied that you want to re- that you want to redress the government with? What are you being What are you being denied? It depends on what the issue is. For for example, on the on January the sixth, all these people that got run into the um, clean, whatever you want to call it, gulag. All of them were responding to the fact that the congressmen and senators were denying them their rightful redress in making sure that the votes and all the integrity of the election was without blemish. So therefore, when the congressmen and senators ignore your plea and deny you your due process rights, they're committing extrinsic fraud and undue influence and coercion and bullying and duress on you. So therefore, so they you're didn't speaking argue for them, right? In the court, 
They decided to yeah, go to I, Capitol John Doe, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I asked about you, though. What are you trying to redress? I'm giving you – I want you to give me an example of what you consider a violation of what this government's doing. Whenever they pass a law and then they deny us or me my right of redress to correct that law, so I stand equitably as a, you know, my will included, enacted, codified, and ratified. Otherwise, okay, well, is there any particular law? Master, somebody's being the slave. Is there any particular law that they have passed in your area, in your represent, in your district that you feel that you not have not been redressed or you were unable that that's oppressing you? That's violating your rights right now. Well, just to try to keep it as simple as I possibly can, since we're talking about January 6th, the election was definitely questionable. And so, therefore, I do not have to prove that the election, that I can find any fault in the election, because we are all joint owners in unity, unity of title, John Doe, hang on, time out, time out. So January, I agree with you. Okay, the election was in question, but wait a second. Yes, you do have to prove it. If you think the election was no. a fraud, then you have to show me some evidence. No, wait, wait. You don't understand. When you're in a business, when you have – if you're a partnership in, a, or in any ownership, you are equal partners unless the contract states otherwise. In the United States, we have the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution that dictates that we are – there's no favoritism. I just read Article 1, Sections 9 and 10, Article 4, Section 2. I mean, I didn't even get into, you know, the 13th Amendment, uh, no more, you know, involuntary You're talking about the election, John Doe. You're talking about the election. So you voted. You're saying your vote didn't count, or you say there's questions about this election, a national election. How can you – I mean, you just can't go out and say, hey, I, I question this, and that's fraud, and you're violating my rights. You have, there has to be some sort of standard or process to go by. There is a standard. Do. There is a standard. They're withholding the information that allows you to know that it's a secure um, – election it's just like you running your business when you run your business do you does your employee tell you oh joe you you know you might be a part owner in this business but i can't i'm not going to give you the information you might well, not, that's, that's, that's totally different that, that, that's a business no, that's nothing to do with it totally how's different. it different it's still contract law our constitution <laughs> and declaration of independence are const are covenant contracts of agreement between we the people Hang on, you're mixing apples with oranges. We're talking about the election right now. What what no, has the government done? No, I know, but let's talk about let's stay with the election. Let's not talk about my business and use parallels and, and stuff like that. Let's stick with the election. What has the government done that 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 you feel as you said they're they they are withholding information about the election? Well, who's they? Where? When? And how? How do you know this? What are you? Do- I mean, what's going on here? How? Because okay, you know, look. how did they? You know, well, you're making an accusation here. I want to try to back it up. Right, okay. But I do not have to prove anything other than the fact that they, whenever right. we have an election, wait, when we have an election, every citizen has a right to know that their particular vote and all of their fellow Americans vote, you know, the other citizens of our country, their vote processed properly 
transparently, okay, okay, without I question. Okay, I got you. Okay, I got you. Okay, let's bring on 234 here. It's been waiting a little while. They've been on the line. So, 234, go ahead. Hey, Joe, it's Tay from Ohio. Hey, go ahead, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I think what he's trying to say here is basically how Ted Cruz went in front of Congress and said, we want to take 10 days to investigate this election. That's basically what he's saying, that he doesn't have to prove it because – as us being their constituents, when we ask them to do something and they do it, Cruz went in front of those guys and said, hey, we want 10 days to investigate this election. And they said no. They voted it down. So right there is the, the problem. To take it even to another level, Paul Gosar was the representative that brought that forward first. And by the steps statutory, I don't know what the rule number is, he has to have a senator back him up. And that's when Ted mm-hmm. Cruz stood up and backed him up to do that, yep. and the rest of the people ignored him. You're right. That's right. Okay. Okay. So am I cor- is that correct on that, Sarge? Are they correct? Are they got their own video. Well, here, here's, well, yeah, uh, when it comes to the Electoral Count Act, yeah, you had to have one member of the House of Representatives and one member of the Senate to lodge a formal objection to the to the validity of the electoral count in any state. So, yeah, it would have to be one, have one from each uh, chamber of Congress. Yes, because they did it, and they actually video. took a vote. I think it was 338 voted nay. No, actually, it was 149 Republicans and and the House of Representatives and eight senators who voted, uh, uh, voted who, who were going, who had announced their intentions to vote no on the vote. Many of them objecting to the electoral count in various one or more states. So there was so all together between both houses of Congress, you had like 147 members who appeared to object to the election. That was before the chamber was emptied and the house went under emergency rules that prevented that objection from being voted on on the floor of the Senate and the House. So wow. would they did they change would they have because under the emergency they didn't get yeah, to under vote. the emergency rules <laughs> it was different. They could only narrowly vote on certifying the vote, not on objections right. to it. You know, and that's that's what sucks. Because was able to invoke these emergency rules that would not have happened without what happened outside on January 6th, which really made me start to smell a rat. That's why it was all a setup, and people were saying that there's a rat in the room here. That was set up. You know, they provoked They needed a reason to, to, to engage those emergency acts in order to stop any type of investigation on the fraudulent elections. Well, exactly what they So they planned it all ahead. Yeah, that's right. Well, I've always said, Joe, like when we talk with Mike and stuff, uh, at a local level, it just almost – where I'm living at now in Akron, it's gotten so bad. These, they're just going to have to be drug out by their hair. That's all there's going to happen. I mean, it's yeah, going to have to happen. What's going on with that at your level? I remember you talking about that and everything. How, what, explain it a little bit if you can, if you don't mind. Well, city council decided. They took and went and got a bunch of petitions. And they, before the vote, they, went, they wanted an oversight committee for the police department. So now they have – they were supposed to fill 11 positions. They couldn't fill 11 with their woke and – I mean, just – it's insanity what they want for people to actually – if I, I can't be on the committee, let's put it that way. I'm, I'm your white domestic terrorist, so they don't want me on the committee. But these are people yeah. that are going to police 
They're going to tell the police how the police, and they aren't the police, and never been anything but a bunch of bums. So and they defunded the police. They defunded the police, basically. Of where yes, you're they at. did, yes. And I'm in a sanctuary city. They defunded the police. Uh, Jalen Walker was shot, I think it was a 60-some times, and, you know, it was over 100 shots fired, and I've been on just several different radio stations and told them, I said, listen, you guys are missing the whole problem with this. I go, the guy ran from the cops the night before. Willful fleeing. They shut it down so he didn't kill, they didn't kill anybody with the, pre, the pursuit at that time. They went in Summit County where we're at. So the next day, he was going to get stopped again, but he took off towards the highway, and he made it to the highway ramp, and he took two shots at the cops while moving and ran. And then when he ended up getting a roadblock, he hit the roadblock, and he couldn't get out of his driver's door, so he had to go out his passenger door, and he went on foot and made a move. After now, he's already shot at cops twice, and he ran from them the night before. He was in pursuit by about eight different cruisers, and they, uh, they shot him. He made a move. I mean, regardless, he's already taken, tried to take their lives. And what people don't understand is, yeah, those are our cops. Missed I mean, we got 100 shots fired, 60 of them. Hit him. What about the other 40, I said? There's 40 rounds that are flying around. I go, we got to get these guys to tighten up. And I was bent out of shape about I went nuts on that. So you guys, this is a criminal, period. I said, but the thing is, our law enforcement, they, I swear one of them didn't shoot each other in crossfire. I was going 40 different rounds, and I'm talking in a large area, not accounted for. <laughs> wow. Wow. But it, it's yeah. just gotten so bad now that it's a sanctuary city. They want everybody to come here. They want Ukrainians. They want... Uh, Afghanis. We've got the Napoleon people. The Napoleon people aren't bad. They, they do their the thing. They just stay in their lane. What's Akron? Akron, Ohio. The, Akron? The, great, the great city of LeBron, Le, LeBron Bum James. The Chinese, Akron, Ohio? Yeah. I'm going to call, I'm have to call them on my podcast show. I'm going to call them. I don't know if you missed the call this morning, this uh, earlier on in the beginning of the show. I called the senator's office there. And, uh, you know, they want to hand out thousands of yeah, oh, you would have loved it. Uh, then, well, anyway, they want to hand out $1,000, $2,000 to homeless people. And I asked them, well, how are you going to vet that? How are you going to make sure they're homeless, you know? <laughs> You're just going to well, hand out $2,000 to people. Where were they wanting to do? What would you call? San Francisco? Yes. Yeah, I thought you called there uh, one Sacramento, night. Sacramento, actually. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. That, 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 that place out there, if, it, if an earthquake happened and it fell into the ocean and it turned into an island, it wouldn't bother me one bit. It's insane. <laughs> it's a whole yeah, exactly. show out there. But uh, I mean, it's so you got crazy. crazy homeless people. Aren't they putting those people up in like hideout or hotels out there? Even uh, I'm telling you, it's like you said, it's crazy. But I, but they defunded your police department. I, I mean, I thought yeah. we, we can't trust anything anymore in the media. The media yeah. just can't. I mean, where is the truth out there reporting? I mean, it's, nope. it's, it's well, San Francisco, San Francisco, they got undocumented illegal immigrants becoming police officers. Well. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, if you're down there on the border and you live down there, God help you, because I have, I still to this day don't understand after all the times we talked with like Eric and all those guys from Texas and all this stuff that's going on, how so many of these people that live so close to the border have tolerated this shit for so long that, I mean, you're, you're talking about children's underwear in the trees. They know they're getting raped, the trafficking. How do they let it continue? Is it, me living in Akron, I want to go down there and shoot them. How I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, what's going I, on? I, I, mean, just, I mean, 
what's going on with that? You're absolutely right. How are people on the border? But then again, we don't know. We're not there. We don't know. And you right, can't. And right. we, what, where do you get your information from? You know, you, the TV. We, we know you can't get the I truth from there. I as many different little outlets on, you know, through BitChute. I, that's the only thing I can find anything that finds anything reasonable is on BitChute, just searching and searching. But you, you spend more time searching, and they talk on the actual the item they're covering. But, yeah. I mean, regardless, when you have a 1,000 Chinese Immigrant, illegal immigrants waiting to come across this border, and they know about it. How many have them got through already? They were talking well, they about stormed the border a couple weeks ago. They stormed it. They That's stormed what I'm the border. What, storm what? Why don't they shoot them? <laughs> I don't think the sheriff's not. Are the sheriff's not doing their thing? We always we hoped for, or we thought that was going to be the, you know, the, the the ones to turn to. Because I mean, I I just haven't heard nothing about sheriffs, and it just seems like everything's going. More likely, got to just follow their their scenario and just blend in and be be quiet and deal with it. Bullshit. I, I just don't. You understand know what? I got a question to ask you. I got yeah. a question. I know that this is breast breast cancer awareness month, and they use pink ribbons, correct? Yes. Okay. A friend of mine had me pick his son up from school today, and I don't know if his son knew I was going to be the one picking him up. And he's only in seventh grade now. Standing standing outside front of the school, there's a bunch of kids, and there's one guy with a pink cowboy hat on. Who guess I got to pick up? I swear to God, I called his dad, and I said, listen, what is that? Are you trying to get me in some kind of shit show or trouble that's going on here? I go, I don't understand what this is about. Nobody else got nothing on. And I'm thinking, well, he told me when he got in the truck that it was breast awareness, breast cancer awareness month. And I said, why didn't they give you a ribbon? Why did they give you a pink cowboy hat? Because all the one girl's mom brought him in and gave him. This lady came into the school and gave people cowboy hats. Boys. Now, is that not trying that's, to push on an agenda? That, that sounds a little odd. That, that sounds a little bit odd. The ribbon. I understand the ribbon. Yes, everybody should have a, a pink ribbon. I'm 100% for that. Not, not little boys with pink cowboy hats. And not all of them got him, like a select few. And then his son might be questionable on a little bit of a – he's not a football player. He might play a lot more tic-tac-toe. Let's just call it that. But he's a, he's a good kid. I, thought, like, I try to help him out as best I can, boxing and stuff, but he just don't have that in him. But I'm just trying to think, what is, what is an adult bringing pink cowboy hats to a school – and my mom always told the other the mothers in the you know classroom, if you don't have enough for all the kids in the classroom, don't bring ten. If there's fifty kids, you got to bring fifty things. But no, nobody wonder, he's, he's the only one that poor. I'm about to say, holy shit, gotta go. But I'm I mean, wondering if it's the indoctrination of the children is what's killing me. I can't. That's more than anything. These kids, we've lost a generation, a hundred percent. And I told a guy the other night on WNIR, that's a good talk show. If you guys ever get a chance to listen to it, at one hundred point one. FM, and it's W-N-I-R, and they got a website. You can log on and listen to it from wherever all over the world. But that's here local in Akron, so you want to hear the shit show, that's what you call and listen to, or you call in and talk to. Uh, Bob Cole, W-I-N-R? Uh, W-N-I-R, yeah. Yeah, and uh, huh. they're supposedly the number one talk show, live talk show in America. Uh, Bob Goley from the Cleveland Browns is uh, the second shift guy from four to seven. But it's pretty good. I'm but have to check it I, just, out. I told, I tell these people, if you think Joe Biden's bad and all these clowns in this Kazarian cult, satanic, pedophile running show that's going on now, what do you think you're putting in place 
in another 25 years of, with these kids that you keep telling it's okay to fly a rainbow flag, go to the back of the classroom and piss in a litter box and call yourself a cat, change your gender day to day, you think Joe Biden's bad because he sniffs hair? Wait till these kids come of age with the indoctrination that they're getting, and it's going to be 50 times worse. They can have their cake and eat it, too. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not right. going to be good. Let me bring on 323 from back on here. 323, go ahead. Hey, Joe, I just want to say thanks for allowing me to interrupt your show. And um, I'll be looking forward to downloading it to find out how you did with uh, grilling those senators. So I just wanted to yeah. say that because I didn't want to interrupt Mike because Mike will get, he'll get all upset, you know, if I interrupt for longer than two seconds. You know how Mike is. <laughs> I'm only teasing Mike. No, this isn't Mike. Mike. He thinks this is your Mike. No, no, this is another caller. No, No, I like Mike, but hey, whoa, back it down. Oh, it's another caller. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, but Mike's a good guy. He he put together a little something I wish would have went a lot farther, but it just seemed like it's hit a brick wall, but it seems like that brick walls went all the way around everything as far as judicial-wise going on and trying to get this – why out. did it fizzle out? What, in your opinion, why did it fizzle out? I mean, I know he's to try to justify because everybody's scared to go to jail. Believe it or not, Joe, I think everybody's scared to go to jail because they're not. They haven't been put in a corner. They haven't been like you know the most dangerous animal in the world. To, uh, what do you call that saying? Uh, uh, not five rat, rat in the corner. Rat who was rat, rat which is cornered. Mad, mad hatter, yeah, you know, back something like that into a corner, and when it's got to fend for itself, to either feed or survive. We're not there yet because people don't see that happening to them. But we know yeah. it's not going to happen. It's savages. We know that's coming. It's coming. But it's, see, I people aren't seeing it because that's the part of the plan. They've been doing this incrementally ever since 1913. That's the wise yep. way to go. It's boiling yep. the frog syndrome. So people can yep. see it coming, like you're talking about. But since it hasn't happened to them yet, then yep. it's old news. It's yesterday's news. It, and this media control, if people could actually see what goes on in Australia, Africa, or even what's happened in Europe, because you have rabbis legitimately, I've got videos of them talking about saying Europe has been barbecued. They're done. They're, they've infiltrated and overrun that population and have mixed it all up, and it's a complete going to be a loss. You know, if you're a, a, an Irishman or a, whatever, a Frenchman in that area – and that's where you're, the, the population's dominated by your ethnicity. ethnicity? I can't say it worked fast. You're a minority hey, there now. Hey, hey guys, I'd like to remind you of a time when this country was confident enough to do something about, uh, uh, about what needed to be done when this country was invaded by a cross-border raid from Mexico by a guy mm-hmm. named Pancho Villa and how this country responded. No, they, 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 when Bayistas attacked, they killed more than 100 of them. And then they, a major asked his commanding officer permission to go in hot pursuit across them back across the border. It was granted. He went after them, shouted out with a whole bunch of them, killed a whole bunch more, and was awarded the Distinguished Service Cross. A guy named Major hey, Frank Tompkins. Hey, hey, Sarge, you want to hear another? Let me run one by you for this. Here comes a Jew that goes into Georgia and actually accuses a black guy of raping a little girl. And a, another said a woman that had seen something happen, she was accused or tried to get 
get killed. Well, here Leo Frank takes off because the governor of Georgia, or not actually, what do you call it when you get uh, pardons this jerk after he's been found guilty of murdering a little girl, rape, all of it. He takes off to New York. Well, what do the Georgians do? They go up and they get him, and they put him in a tree, and they make a statement. And it has to start happening on every level like that because if it doesn't, it's going to get worse. And it's going to well, get worse before it's going to get better. It's happened about as bad as it can get. We got a president that's determined to enable it. He's the biggest human trafficker in history, and they just indicted yep. this bogus international criminal court just indicted Vladimir Putin for it, and right. the biggest human trafficker staring him right in the face, that's Joe Putin. He's an accessory to human trafficking all up and down the border. And by the way, this Major Frank Thompson, when he went down into Mexico chasing after him, uh, they think he killed between 75 and 100 Mexicans on Mexican soil. They were going to give him the Medal of Honor, but decided they, want, they didn't want that much publicity about it, so they cut it back to the thing with service costs. And then they killed another 85 up in Columbus, Texas, when they went in there and killed some civilians and soldiers. And it was the soldiers and the civilians who repelled the Vistas. You know what, Sarge? I'll tell you right now. Those people are so far and few between, but yet there's so many of us that just haven't had to do it yet. And I'm telling you right now, mark my words. There's going to be something bad that's going to set it off, and a lot of people don't understand how bad it really is because they don't see what's happening currently like in Europe and Africa and Australia. They don't have any history. They want to take all the history away from everybody. You can't survive the future if you don't know what your history and who you are from the past. You can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah, we're we're witnessing an unprecedented invasion of the United States. And they're telling yep. us, no, we're not actually being invaded. It's just people seeking yep. uh, a refuge and a lawful yep. sanctuary in our country. Yeah, five yep. million people with lawful sanctuary claims. This is beyond yep. belief, and it is gaslighting us every damn day. You know, and uh-huh. a lot of people don't realize, and I know exactly when I started hearing that about Putin being charged with moving kids around. People, if, if they, I don't know if I saw it on BitChute, Google, or what, but somebody – I want to say it was Nino Rodriguez, he's a boxer that has a podcast. I think he brought it up that Putin, at the very beginning, and I'm talking within the first 10 days of everything that he had moved on to do, brought buses in, buses, and offered all the elderly, the sick, and the children free passage into Russia. He was given 10,000 rubles to each one of them and putting them up in hotels so they weren't going to be killed. And it wasn't by him. By the Azov Battalion, the, the, the Nazis that our American government wants to fund and go over there and, and support Newland and all them, they're all going to Ukraine, I hope, at one time. And I hope we can – they leave us enough shit over here like they left in Afghanistan because I'll be the first one to get in a plane and level the place and turn it all into a damn airport. Boom. <laughs> That's the whole oh, story going on with these people. Bad. It's bad. It's going to be a reckoning if – Something isn't done to straighten this out. The American people are starting to wake up to what's going on on the border. I mean, Vladimir Putin only sent 190,000 troops into Ukraine initially. We've had, like I said, since this guy's been in office, this potato head has been in office, we've had, what, three and a half, four and a half million processed by the Border Patrol and Customs? Processed. That's not counting the ones who got away. 
It's got to right. be like five million, five and a half million. And we're totally talking about the southern border. We're not. They're not discussing the northern border as much, although now there's a lot of stuff going on up there. But that's hey, you got Trudeau, you got Biden, and you got I forget his name uh, in Mexico, where they signed this. I think it's called something uh, North American Treaty type deal, where basically the United States is not. It doesn't exist according to these three jerk offs because they're going to have their own thing. They've got it all laid out. It's under Noahide laws and. They're going to provide open borders to, to run rampant through Canada, United States, and South America. And Trudeau, oh, man, I, I don't even, you can't even make this shit up. So you got the Chinese up there doing drills, what, last year, 80,000 of them. Trudeau lets in to do cold weather drills. You mean tell me somewhere in China ain't cold enough to do cold weather drills? Get the hell out of here. Why didn't somebody, they don't even let them, they don't shoot down the balloons coming out of the, over there this way because they're all in bed with them. I wish I give me. There's a song by Pantera, and it's called Five Minutes Alone." That's all I want with Biden and his kid. Five minutes. <laughs> well, you know, uh, look, look. The problem is, is that there's a bit, there's a bit of a stirring going on, looking into Joe Biden with the congressional inquiries. I mean, I, the revelations about these 152. Suspicious activity reports from the Treasury Department that the Treasury Department didn't want to let Congress see, and they're letting the American people know what's on them, the amount of money that was transferred from these uh, uh, entities in association with the Chinese Communist Party to members of the Biden family is staggering alone. And that's just the first one they released information on. They're saying they've got 13 of these money transfers from the Chinese communists and other people with uh, uh, adversarial interests against the United States and the Biden family. It's just beyond belief that we're even counting this for a microsecond. And Biden's dead son, his ex or his widowed wife, the one that Hunter was banging, she's one of them that's getting the money from him. <laughs> How about that? The corruption is gone. But no, they got to go after Donald Trump for yeah. a seven year old non disclosure agreement that's beyond the statute of limitations that this son bitch, Alvin Bragg, <laughs> this low down legal slug, this no good, this guy so is gain of functioning what would be at best, with the best of evidence, a misdemeanor into a. Uh, a mutated state-federal hybrid prosecution for which he's got no legal basis whatsoever. It is beyond belief, man. Beyond belief! But here we are. Well, 1914. <laughs> I mean, here well, we are. And, you know, and, 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 you know, and the, Joe Biden has been getting away with murder for decades. He's been selling out this country to foreign interests. Like I said, look, Joe Biden is hollow, man. He's got no soul. He's got no real belief system because he's changed his beliefs on everything he believed 20 or 30 years ago. He's completely about basic with no explanations. All he's interested in is who's going to let him keep the grift going. But the people around him who pull his strings like little puppets that he is, those people are dedicated neo-Marxist ideologues. And they have a plan to fundamentally transform the United States of America. You better believe that. And, Sarge, I'm going to tell you right now who's the sickest one of them all, because if he is who he is still, if that's Joe Biden in real person, and he is has his mind ain't right, because I, my mother died from dementia, and I know how that affects somebody. If that is him, 
his wife and his close family are single-handedly the most evil people because they're letting that guy suffer. They should pull him away from that podium, let him live the backside of the last days of his life, and it's somehow, I don't know if it could be decent if you could call it that, but in another scenario, other than sitting there waiting for him to die to so that they can hold that power because all of them are so corrupt and say, and just it's unbelievable that the American people just haven't gone and thought that was an insurrection on January 6th. Your ass hurts. So I'm going to tell you what, the next insurrection, if they do have something go down, <laughs> there will be a, a show going on. CNN might not want to be there to get involved with it because they'll get their asses kicked too. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that yep. doesn't qualify as any insurrection that I know about, because I guarantee you, ain't no way I'd have no insurrection like that. Well, well, yeah. well, I guess I'll wrap it up with this one there. I can play three minutes of this, and uh, but uh, thanks for the calls there tonight, guys. Uh, we're in overtime now, so we'll play this here at the end. All right, Joe, During the American Revolution, the active forces in the field against the king's tyranny never amounted to more than 3% of the colonists. They were in turn actively supported by perhaps 10% of the population. In addition to these revolutionaries were perhaps another 20% who favored their cause but did little to nothing to support it. Another one-third of the population sided with the king. By the end of the war, there were actually more Americans fighting for the king than there were in the field against him. And the final third? They took no side and blew with the wind and took what came. Three percenters today do not claim that we represent three percent of the American people, although we might. That theory has not yet been tested. We do claim that we represent at least 3% of American gun owners, which is still a healthy number, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3 million people. History, for good or ill, is made by determined minorities. We are one such minority. So too are the current enemies of the Founders Republic. What remains, then, is the test of will and skill to determine who will shape the future of our nation. The 3% today are gun owners who will not disarm, will not compromise, and will no longer back up at the passage of the next Gun Control Act. Three percenters today say quite explicitly that we will not obey any further circumscription of our traditional liberties and will defend ourselves if attacked. We intend to maintain our God-given natural rights to liberty and property, and that means most especially the right to keep and bear arms. Thus, we are committed to the restoration of the Founders Republic and are willing to fight, die, and if forced by any would-be oppressor to kill in the defense of ourselves and the Constitution that we took an oath to uphold against enemies foreign and domestic. We 
activists who now control the government should leave alone if they wish to continue unfettered oxygen consumption. We are the 3%. Attempt to further oppress us at your peril. To be bluntly, leave us the hell alone. Or, if you feel froggy, go ahead and watch what happens. All right, everybody. A good show here tonight. I guess uh, that'll wrap it up. Uh, we're on, uh, we're on uh, overtime now, so uh, that's going to cut us out anyway. Uh, I guess, Sarge, uh, you still there, Sarge? I don't know if you want any final yes, words. Sir, I am. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, I what's am. going on? That's an overtime there. Everybody John wants Doe, any final thoughts. Doe. Yeah, John Doe, you too. So we'll go down the line here. John Doe, you go first because you're long-windy. Go ahead. Well, it's very important that we get long-winded when apparently we're going to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. We have to spend time to understand why God gifted people like, you know, George Washington and others in his day with the knowledge and wisdom and information that he they brought forth to the people, and the other people had to recognize that. Otherwise, they would have run roughshod over George Washington and all of our founding freedom fighters, and we would have never had an America. So thank you for the time. May we all wake up and understand how to realize the true knowledge and wisdom coming from each people so we can apply it to overcome this without bloodshed. Otherwise, we are going to have bloodshed because ignorance breeds ignorance and violence begets violence. Thank you, Joe. Back to you. All right, go ahead, Sarge. Yeah, uh, I, I got to pretty much uh, echo the comments of uh, John Doe, and I'd just like to add that eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, and uh, you got to inform yourself as much as possible and be prepared to act appropriately when and if the balloon goes up because these forces that are trying to transmogrify this country are like something I don't think I have ever beheld in the history of the United States, and I am including the war between the states. Amen. Joe, Joe, you still there, Joe? You want anything you want to add here? Plug your new show, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Joe, you still there? I don't know if Joe's there or not. Dave, I guess you get the last word then. All right. Well, I'd just like to say this to everybody that has dignity, morals, compassion for American souls, children, and everybody that's died for this country. You have to remember one thing. Yesterday's gone. We can't do anything about it. Tomorrow is not promised. It's not here. It may never come. We have to live today for today. Today is the last day for almost... Millions of people every day that die just die. But we have to realize we have to fight for something or everything is going to be taken from us. And the time that that happens may be too late. Just pay attention, people. Get, get some research and get the best knowledge you can. And God bless America. Okay, you said something earlier. You said everybody was scared to go to jail, you think. That's what it was. So, yep. so what are you saying? Yep. That, the, that everybody's just off now doing their little private thing and there's no, there's no unity, that, that this is just a dead movement? Well, I, I believe there's unity, but as far as the label of domestic terrorism and as the DOJ weapon, weaponized as fast and abruptly as it's happened, it's almost uh, – they know they're going to go to jail. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's almost you look at January 6th, and that wasn't anything. But you have groups of people that, I mean, like myself, I mean, I'm surprised I haven't been approached. But if they come, hey, 
stand outside and talk to yourselves because I'm not coming out. You're going to have to come in and get me. But yeah, I just really I think that, that, uh, it, that Pete, it's too much of the uh, – I mean, bottom line, bottom line, you guys, is this. Is there can't, there's the only way is to get them is at the ballot box, and that's the only way. It's, it's a peaceful way of restoring, restoring the republic, not filing lawsuits, not by filing any paperwork, it's by nope. us all converging nope. on election day. And when the people are elected, when they're in power, take advantage of that power, you know, nope. and, and take advantage this, of it. Joe, there's one thing i got to say about that. If another election goes south in 24, America will be completely destroyed. Now, I don't believe there's Republicans and Democrats in this country anymore whatsoever. I believe there's two parties, traitors and patriots. Draw the line in the sand and get on your side. Yeah. But, but, but the people that are elected, like, for instance, if I get elected down here locally, you know, as in the nullification powers of a state lawmaker to introduce, you know, look, nullify the statutes and codes that are on, we can restore the republic. You know, it, you know, if the governor doesn't want to go, if the governor breaks the law, we, he, he, look, he's not above the law. He could be arrested, too. You know, right. I mean, as long as we got people around the country that are willing to stand up, you know, we can mobilize armies of people, lawful citizens, if we, you know, to, to cast their votes. Everything can be done well, at the ballot box. It can be done. If you look at the map of the, the layout of the general uh, choices made by uh, party, I would think that they've already started an infiltration where they had uh, mixed up enough people that were, there was a conglomerate of one people can't go do what you're talking about because of the reason they have been washed out like they did Europe. Well, look, I'm here in North Carolina. I can't, I, look, I need people helping me out in my, my community. Listen, everybody will spend 200 hours on a cell phone bill, but they won't send $50 to help me buy a, a campaign time, you know, or, or ad time on the radio or something, you know. I mean, nobody come, you know, there are donors out there. But look, we have got to put our little pennies and our $100 bill together and elect grassroots people that are, you know, and because and, once you're in, you're in there. I mean, and if you do the right thing, there's no reason why you can't right. remain in there. And where, how, where are you at in North Carolina? Because I'm, I'm thinking about moving to either Culberson or Cherokee. I'm in uh, Rockingham County near Guilford County, Greensboro area, High Point, Triad. I know right where you're at. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, you might so, have a new that, neighbor come so much, three months, buddy. So <laughs> well, I need, I need as many patriots as I can. I mean, we did the you know the Constitution parties here, you know, in North Carolina. We had a meeting last night, you know, but you know, it's it's twenty of us got online. But you know what? Hey, look, we 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 got to listen. The people are out there. You don't know how many unaffiliated voters are in my district that are not Republican, not Democrat. They're just in the middle because they don't know who to vote for. I over fifty five percent of the voters in my district are unaffiliated. Actually, you can win. You can win any election. You just need the you got to have money though. And with seeing that, if you know those numbers are pretty much accurate, to think of the, the influence of media right there with what you just said. And then you take something like Twitter or Facebook, like these guys were using the, the uh, government using it to influence elections. If what you just said is correct, more than half of the people rely on information that's wrong, and that's why they get voted yeah. in. And if yeah, we keep using the government like king of the hill, and once you get in, you exercise that bully power, then all you're asking for is to continue butt-kicking because no different 
faction, whether you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent, or whatnot, likes people bullying them. So we got to stop this king of the hill mentality that once you get into office, you get to bully people. That's the problem. We've got to no, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Yeah, but listen, but John Doe, we have to be careful, though, not to be nitpicking. Listen, you know what I mean? Wait, wait, listen, if we had somebody good in there that can erase the codes and statues and all this crap that's going on and our money that's infiltrated by the offshore cartel Federal Reserve, if we could come up with a better plan like Ron Paul had, listen, we we don't need to be nitpicking at him. You know what I mean? And, and, and cross-reference and everything that uh, somebody force, does. Joe. Force begets force. If you're going to use the government as a weapon, then I have the right to use a weapon to reclaim my private property. Yeah, but, yeah but, but you won't have any property because the new world order is going to take it from you. So you got to go with you know. I know there's no deals with the devil, but you got to you got to listen to what I'm saying. Anyone who's preaching liberty and freedom, you got to go with them. You got to stick by them. You got to make sacrifices. Not everybody's going to agree 100 percent of the time. It's just impossible. You know. You know how many people disagree with George Washington right now? If you think that these people, look how many people you brought up earlier about the jobs. You know what? What about uh? people in doing the waste uh, removal and whatnot. How many people are employed by the government? If we actually went back to the way things went smoothly with almost minimal laws and no hardly nobody, you didn't have to go down and work 40-hour weeks at the city hall because that's your job. No, you went down there on your own time in the evening for a couple hours or whatever, and it was minimalized. What about that? That's what needs to happen. We need to take all those people out, remove them from all the – Garbage has been stacked on top of stack, and putting pig or uh, mascara on a pig or eyelashes on a raccoon ain't going to cut it. They got to get rid of them all. But what happens into yeah. society when you flood the market with all those people? All yeah. those people—that's a lot of people who are employed by the government, and that's why it continues like it does. Because my brother needs a job, my cousin needs a job, my yep. needs a job. Okay, I got a mortgage. We need to make yep. I got food. a mortgage. I got a car payment. Yep, that's right. You got to be careful. You gotta be gotta careful. Build more prisons because we gotta put more people in jail that break more laws that we gotta write. Yeah, why can't we all enjoy the freedom and, and benefits of freedom and creativity together? I don't see why. Why do we have to be trapped in this barter system of the Federal Reserve? Why? I just don't understand. This chase I'm cap- tell you why. capitalistic by imperialism. People, uh, I just don't understand it. I've had everything in the world, Joe. I've had it. I've had a beautiful home. Or, uh, well, she was a crazy wife. Well. But I've had cars, boats, everything, money. I didn't, I didn't have anything to worry about. And then it all got taken away from me, down to nothing. And I'm going to tell you what, to be humble to not have anything, to know what you could have, that's what everybody needs in this country. They need to be humbled so that they know that they don't need all this garbage and in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, the fake things, you know, because that's what, drive, that's what is driving everybody. It's the indoctrination of money among people from, like they were saying, 1913 – when they knew that they could put the hand on the banking system and print the money, you just indoctrinated everybody that was involved that gets paid because now they want paid and they want more and they're going to print more. It's just an ongoing thing. We got to pull the plug on somehow. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're going to cut me off. Everybody's trying to protect their own private property of self-governing, and that's why I'm saying if you get into government. And then you use it like a bully pulpit and don't respect the fact that everybody has this, their right to determine their own pursuit of happiness and encumbrances and obligations of governing, then you end up continuing to just fight with violence. And then, therefore, I, you, we all have a right to use violence if we have to protect ourselves and to reclaim our private property of self-governing. 
Yeah, but what's private property when you think about it? Doesn't it all belong to God anyway, hey. the Creator? I mean, hey. I mean, why, I, why do we, I we own my house. <laughs> hey, I own my house, but then they tell me, no, you don't own your house because it sits on a lot. It sits on a parcel that you have to pay your property taxes to, and if you don't pay those property taxes, they come take your house. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's, that's you, know, you, have that's property, you have intellectual property, too, the self-determination of deciding your own burdens and encumbrances. Otherwise, if I get to decide the burdens and encumbrances and pass a law and make you obligated to it, you are no longer a self-governing person. You become my legislative slave. Intellectual property yep. is property, too. Yep, that's true. That's 100% true. Yeah, but what, where do you draw the line, though? You don't get to go off and run around doing whatever you want. You know, you can't no, offend somebody. No, you got to be held accountable. The Declaration of Independence states that you get to pursue your pursuit of happiness as long as you do no harm to others. You do not encroach on their freedoms and liberties. When you cross over the line, encroach on others and harm them and to them, they get to yeah, we got that, but who makes that determination then? Who draws the line? Like, for instance, I say what you're doing harms me. Who says, well, I, I agree with you, Joe. You know what I mean? Well, you can, you we can have freedom of speech, I think. You can, say any, you can say anything you want, but when it gets to the point where it becomes a physicality or you're actually uh, impeding the actual something happening for somebody, then you got problems. That's what I think. That's where that's at. You can say whatever you want. But when you physically yeah. hurt somebody, that's when you need to be held accountable. And that's the main thing. Somebody, all these people, everybody needs to be held accountable for everything. <laughs> well, they're that denying you have your will enacted, codified, and ratified as a harm to you. That makes you a legislative slave. So now you're burdened to take the shot whether you want to take the shot or not because you've allowed them the power to dictate to you as that you're they're your master and you're their legislative slave. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are they going to do about the banks? I mean, all the banks are going to be closed. I mean, do people realize that there's actually, I mean, if you don't have cash, even then, I mean, our dollar bill, you can wipe your ass with it and it's not worth anything. It's almost like it was back in, you know, the southern money. It's insane. But what are they going to do when the lights go out? (laughs) You think there's going to be civil unrest then? Yeah, and everybody's going to be looking for 911 for help. <laughs> and they could be they could be praying to God too, but I'm gonna tell you what I've never seen him yet, and I've prayed to him a lot of times. I hope he's real because if he's not, we're all in the world of shit. Yeah, I just hope, yeah. I just hope there's something good that comes of all this, and I, I mean, I hope that it's God testing us that this is the ragged edge, and it's got to come to an end. I don't believe in end times at all. I believe it's just the end of a cycle of just like a bok tune from the Mayans. It's just another period of time that's going to come in. Pisces is coming, and uh, I think that. We just need as Americans, we need to make America, America again. If you don't like America, get out. Get off the soil. If you're not born here, get the hell out of here. That's it. Round them up and get them gone. Yeah. All right, everybody. You're going to cut me off any second anyway, so I might as well end it now. Hey, thanks for calling, everybody. Good show tonight. God bless. Take care. All right, Joe. You too, bud.